Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. Uh, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. And I'm joined, as as usual, with Eric Beinfor from spikeweek.com uh, to discuss uh, yesterday's uh, NFL slate. Eric, I know you, you you only play limited lineups. Uh, how much CPAT did you have? <laughs> <laughs> zero CPAT, zero Tyreek, which makes for zero dollars uh, coming coming back to me in in tournaments. It was one of the definitely one of those days where like you're close. Like I felt I kind of tweeted about it this morning, where like you were like close but still so far away type of thing, like had some of the right pieces and then just w- way too many of the wrong pieces and not the, you know, like I said, didn't have Tyreek and didn't have, didn't have, have CPAT. Um, and so it's like, I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? Especially on FanDuel. I don't know if you played tournaments on FanDuel. Why was, why was Patterson like 15% owned on FanDuel? He, he was, he was in the, like, whatever it is, the, they're like, they're like game changer that whatever their version of like the game change was, he was like 21% and Tyreek was like over 20 and so I, I like opened it up because my team actually wasn't bad, actually wasn't that bad uh, over there. And I go and open that up, and like after Tyreek scores the third touchdown and CPAT scores his third touchdown, I'm like, okay, well, no, definitely not not live for anything now. So uh, yeah, I get, I get the but, I get the Hill ownership. I mean, it's Tyreek Hill, okay? Yeah, that yeah. That it, on on Fanduel especially, like I, I I get I get it completely. I got yeah. saved, Eric. Eric, uh, I got saved in Fanduel cash in the last five minutes of the slate because uh Devante, robert woods who was it in the last five minutes i don't remember uh i i in in fanduel cash i did not play dj moore i did not play tyreek hill tyreek hill was 40 percent owned in cash i know i know okay? i got and i and i didn't, I didn't have him. fanduel <laughs> right i didn't have him dj yep. moore was like 28 percent owned i didn't have him uh i had kelsey who only had four mm-hmm. points. I had Joba Hubbard and Mike Davis in my running back slots. Same. Right. Uh, this is cash games, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I had a lot of late game stuff. Like my, my wide receiver slots were Adams, Samuel, and Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had Aaron Jones in my flex. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, like I was, I was, I was going into those four o'clock games Going into the halftime of the four o'clock games, I was dusted. I was like, I was like, I- I'm winning like eight percent of my head to heads. <laughs> and then the and last five minutes, I mean, uh, Robert Woods scores that touchdown, and then Debo mm-hmm. scores his second touchdown, and that got me. Then that boop, and I'm like, yep, hey, profitable day because I-, I I crushed in DK cash. So like that that was yep. I won like ninety three percent of my head to heads. In DK, uh, but it saved it saved my whole day. I mean, essentially saved my whole day. I came in eleventh in the in the spy on DraftKings, uh, but that was only for a thousand bucks. These payout structures are nuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like in GPPs, I was down like I think eight percent on the day. I mean, I put like like eighteen hundred dollars in GPP lineups and got like fifteen hundred back, uh, or even more than that. Yeah, almost almost broke even, and then then mm-hmm. uh, the, my early only Fanduel bombed, and that was like the loss. So it ended up it, it's like I made eighteen hundred, 
but it was on like 15,500 in entries. So it's like, it's a 12, <laughs> it's a 12% return, but Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's a profitable profits, profit, it's raw money, yep. whatever. But I just like that. I I'm FanDuel. I'm just, I'm looking at these double ups and I'm like, I, and there's nothing I could do. Right. Cause it's like, like Hill already put up 50 points mm-hmm. and DJ Moore already put up like 26 points. Like, oh, I should late swap. It's like all my exposure is in the all. Those are the guys. Yeah. Like, who would I yep. be swapping to? Those, those are who I am actually playing. So I just have to sit there and go. I hope Stafford doesn't forget about Woods again, right? <laughs> right. I, I, I hope. And I hope. Did. I hope Trey Lance comes did. into this game because Jimmy G yeah. can't throw the ball, and 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 magically, magically happens. Yep. But but some of those ownerships there. I mean. Uh, I mean, on the fan that the pat CPAT on Fanduel, I I mean that was that was nuts on on DraftKings. DraftKings is much more uh, spread out. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- one thing that that I noticed when I was building lineups, and I talked about it on the pregame show on Roto Grinders, is that going into the slate, like on Wednesday, Thursday, just preliminarily looking at it, I'm going the Dallas Carolina game projects the best like it just has the most well-projected players together in one game yep. for their prices mm-hmm. dj moore uh amari cooper cd lamb both quarterbacks both running backs like yep. like everyone dalton schultz at tight end i mean like they they all project well but i didn't get the sense that this game would be like like the super owned one mm-hmm. and then none of the running backs we're going to be super owned. I think David Montgomery was 22% owned. Henry was around there, but yet Mm -hmm. you had like, we had like 15 running backs between like 4,800 and 6,500 that projected within like two or three points of each other at all spread out ownership. Like I have in in here, I have my lineup HQ up based on my projected ownership, which is kind of an aggregate plus my own input. Like I had like David Montgomery at twenty percent, Hubbard at fourteen, Gibson at eleven, Sermon at seven, Harris at sixteen, Ch at eleven, Swift at fourteen, Zeke at eight, Gaskin at five, uh, Kamara thirteen, Henry twenty-two, Mike Davis nine, Chase Edmonds seven, Daryl Henderson seven. I mean, like I'm I'm already down. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon. I mean, like to me, there were so many running backs to choose from that when I was building lineups. And you you know me I I use I use an optimizer to to do my research. Like my natural inclination is okay I'm going to be under on this Carolina Cowboys game uh, because it'll be the most owned combination of players. Yep. But I saw that like well if I want to okay if I don't play Derrick Henry, if I don't play David Montgomery, and I don't play the Lions defense, like what does this lineup look like even with that stack? And it, like it looked fine. I mean like. I'm sacrificing. I'm not sacrificing that much. I'm now. Now this lineup has Najee Harris and Trey Sermon, and has mm-hmm. another wide receiver one-off, and it has a defense that projects, you know, within one point of the Lions at like twelve to fifteen percent less percentage points owned, and I just couldn't get away from like, no, I get. I mean, I guess I'm going to have a lot of this. What's the what's why why not? Why yep. why not have a lot of this game when I can make so many lineups that just have different running backs in it? Did did you find it the same way? I mean, how many lineups did you play on DraftKings, and what Three. and what like games were you were you targeting? Because me 
my 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 top exposures. I had three games as my top exposures, and that was uh, Carolina, Dallas. It was Washington, Atlanta, and it was uh, Buffalo. And Buffalo, I didn't even care. Like I was throwing in Jordan Aikens in the tight end spot as my quote run back because <laughs> like either you were playing Kelsey or you were punting, and most people were punting mm-hmm. with like Engram or Disley. Disley. So I'm like, what am I really giving up by not just playing Jordan Aikens here if I'm playing Josh Allen with Diggs yep. or whatever? Some, some some lineups in the slant I had with Knox, and obviously that was that was the the better pairing yeah. to do him with, but. To me, like, yes, and I, of course, I always have Mahomes. I have some type mm-hmm. of Mahomes lineups. Uh, so those are the three games that, that I mean, like, Heine, that Heineke projected so well for that game environment. It just so happened that six running backs score touchdowns, and two of them yep. are backup running backs. So, like, Ridley <laughs> doesn't get there. Pitts doesn't get there. McLaurin does. Uh, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, 5.9, ain't going to do anything even at 3K. Uh Gibson, I mean, gets 15 points. Mike Davis got, you know, a pity touchdown at the end, <laughs> right? I mean, well, he, he he did well to get in the end zone. I mean, but I mean, yeah. he would have gotten four points without that. Uh, so th- that that was what I was attacking. Were, were you were you more off the board than than I was? Because I I don't think Washington Atlanta was that far off the board, but I think still think it was under owned. I I think my biggest struggle of this week was was kind of what you outlined with like there wasn't the Dallas Carolina game was like the most owned game exactly kind of like you said but there wasn't it wasn't like what the Cowboys Chargers from a couple weeks ago or you know there's usually like a game where it's like okay like I can't I can't do it with this game there's no way you know it's over the, the ownership isn't efficient blah 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 and then like there's this waterfall effect to ownership where you have this one game that's super owned here. Right. And then there's maybe a little, a little drop off to the next, not necessarily the next game, but the next best plays. And then after that, it's like on everybody's like super, super low owned. And this week it was like peanut butter spread. Yes. A couple of those guys were a little bit, but you just outlined the running backs stuff. Right. And there's 15 running backs and they're all within not that many percentage points different. And that was in most fields, most fields, even the smaller fields were close enough um to that so I, I this was the biggest struggle of a week that i had by far um of, well, of well, the year uh, so far is you're, figuring you're out that angle i'm assuming because when the when the ownership it, it's it's weird to say a lot of gpp players will say it they prefer slates where the ownership condenses because yeah. then 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 there are obvious leverage spots when the ownership is much more spread out like What's what? Where's you're not? If there is leverage, you're just not getting. You're not getting enough relative value to make up for the projections. Because like, oh, I'm not gonna play Derrick Henry, so I'm gonna play what? The cheap wide receiver that everyone's playing on 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 the Titans anyway. I mean, like, or take a take. There's five Josh Reynolds. You have to just bet the one that's gonna. You know, Jeremy McNichols. That's the one. I mean, like, (laughs) like how are you ever gonna predict that? And in the Carolina. Dallas game, there's no leverage there because everyone is has some amount of ownership, mm-hmm. and everywhere else is like, well, well, where, where do you get uh, the the closest thing probably to leverage was uh, was to play Mooney instead of Montgomery or something like that. But even then, like, there's just do you play Alan Lazard instead of Devontae Adams? <laughs> Obviously, you play Randall Cobb. Uh, yeah. 
there was just no obvious ways to like if if you're building not from uh like let me take a look at lineups, look at their projection, and look at the ownership type of and like the players don't mean anything type of thing. Like there's no like there's no like leverage, clear leverage opportunities that you'd almost rather you'd rather I you would have much rather Eric if the Carolina game. Like I'm looking here at the spy. This is the hundred k spy. This is a single entry contest. DJ Moore was still only fifteen percent owned. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, so, like, if you're like, oh, I can't play DJ Moore and I can't play Amari Cooper, like, like, dude, they're not these are these guys aren't. It wasn't like Cooper Cup last week, right? Right. We don't have a 33 yep. percent owned guy. Derrick Henry was 30 percent owned in the spy, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there, but that's a price play. It's like, uh, can I get 28 points from someone that's 3,000 cheaper? Well, you could have, right? So you didn't even need Derrick Henry, nor did you need leverage on Derrick Henry. So do, you found you found it hard primarily because you're sitting there going, going. Do I play DJ Moore or do I play Debo Samuel or do I play Terry McLaurin or do I play Calvin Ridley or do I play? Uh, uh, I want to go up even further. Uh, so, someone else in that range. CD Lamb, Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, right? And you look across and like, oh, everyone's been. Every, all of these guys we just mentioned are between eight and fifteen percent owned. Yes. Like all of them are, and they're all in different games. And like, so I'm going to leverage off a 15% DJ Moore to play a 9% on Terry McClure. <laughs> like, exactly. like, what are you, are you gaining that much? And it's not like they all, they project that differently from each other. You're, right. you're, you're, you're gaining, you're get you're losing two points in projection for like seven points in ownership. And it's like, is that even like, is that may even be efficient, right? So it wouldn't matter which way you do. So is, is, is that the reason why? especially in single entry three max. Cause even then the ownership didn't con- like, I would expect DJ Moore in the spy to be like 26% owned. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at 6,600, he was, he was the best point per dollar projected wide receiver and he wasn't. So either people were pivoting off of that or so, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I get why Henry was owned, but like yeah. Robert Woods in the spy was 17% owned. I was playing him thinking that like, He's the player outside a cup. And it turns mm-hmm. out that that no, at 70% on Woods, I probably I probably would have I probably would have much rather played Daryl Henderson in that spot. Yep. I think what you what you outlined was was ex- I could normally we'll come into this recording this podcast and it was like, okay, I figured out at cer- at a certain point like what my angle was to this slate, what the leverage point was. And it's not always just like, okay, Derrick Henry's 50%, I got to play Nick Westbrook or whatever. I know that that's not a good example, but you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, Devontae Adams is chalk, so I have to play Aaron Jones. It's not always as simple as direct, you know, negatively correlated players, but there's like an angle, right? Everybody's jamming Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara so I can play Najee Harris and Joe Mixon or whatever. Like there's just usually some sort of angle or everybody's playing this, this Cowboys game. And the next, you know, the next highest scoring game is like a fifth of the ownership of, of that game or whatever. There's always something. And for the life of me, I could not, like, I honestly, it was exactly what you said. Every, there were so many plays and they were all at every position, basically, outside of Travis Kelsey and Derrick Henry, and I guess Tyreek Hill, at every position, they were closely projected, close enough projected, like points projection, right? Within a, a couple of points, typically, like 10 guys plus. 
And then they were close enough ownership projection wise that it's like no matter what you did. Right. I, I, I listened to some people and like the, the like Justin Jefferson Odell Beckham thing or like that game was like the the sneaky GPP thing. And the next thing Odell was like the highest on, like right. one of the highest on wide receivers on the slate, which in turn like, oh, Justin Jefferson is is like, oh, that's that's like my leverage play. But then he gets boosted up because not like a lot. Right. But there's enough smart tournament players going while I'm playing Odell. So I'm going to have Justin Jefferson. And it was just all of this, right? And so, like, I think what you said, you know, having gone back and looked a little bit, like, I wish I probably just would have jammed the Panthers and Cowboys game. It's easy. It's easier to say now. But I, I definitely struggled with with everything that, that you just said because I could not think, figure out kind of this exact angle. The one thing, it's funny that you you brought it up. The one So, so I kind of pivoted to two, two angles. I did stack – the Chiefs game, of course, I did not play Tyreek. I played Kelsey. I played the Hur- I played Hertz, but played Kelsey as my bring back, which obviously that didn't go well. Who and then, plays the wide um, receiver? I got burned on Jalen Rager a lot. Rager, yep. Okay, because he was Rager. a thousand cheaper than Smith, and Rager's he, he a big made, play it, guy anyway. He made everything work so perfect that savings off of off of Smith made my lineup come together so perfect, and I was like, oh, like and it, it, it happened. I'm struggling a little bit. Maybe we'll get into this on Sunday mornings. You know, I only got like 20 minutes after the morning show on, on Roto grinders. And, and I've had my teams pretty much done this week. I, I, like I said, I was struggling so much. I didn't, I didn't have my teams done. And then it was like, boom, like 10 minutes before lock, I found the hurt stack. Cause I really wanted to play a, a, a hurt stack and a stack of that game. But anyway, I went to two different things. Like I said, it was funny that you brought this up because like my like flag plant, if you will, was Darnell Mooney. Um, I was I was really really high on him, so I played Fields to Darnell. I went back to the Fields thing to Darnell Mooney with DeAndre Swift. Stop again. trying to make Justin Fields happen. I'm, listen, stop he's trying from, to make he, him happen, dude. He's not he happening. For Twelve yards per attempt, almost three hundred yards in, on seventeen pass on seventeen passes. But of course, David Montgomery scores two touchdowns, and Damian Williams scores a touchdown. If and the I Lions told you, and, Eric, if I told you we'd only throw the ball seventeen times, do you play him? No, of course not. But, if but, I but, told but you, hold, hold on. I, I need I need to refute. I need to attempt. give you the argument. You need to get back to me. If yeah. I if 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 I, if you told me that Dak Prescott would only throw the ball twenty two times, would I play him? <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> right. So like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the same argument back at myself. Right. Same it's thing. True. Russell true. Wilson does it all the time. Right. He throws yeah. for 21, 21 times. He throws for three hundred and fifteen <laughs> yards and five touchdowns. It's like how does that work? <laughs> Right. And I'm not comparing fields to Dak and Russ and, and, and those type guys, but like Mahomes threw it 30 times yesterday. He threw, he threw five touchdowns. It's like he was playing the lions. Their offense was outrageously efficient. Montgomery ran for hundred yards. Damian Williams ran the ball. Well, fields threw 17 passes and almost had the 300 yard bonus. Like it was just absolutely in, insane. And I actually don't, I actually don't really have any regrets about the fields Mooney thing. I mean, Mooney, Mooney, I, I'm, I'm actually more disappointed because Mooney was, like I said, like a flag plant of mine and he absolutely crushed and it didn't, it, 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 it could not have mattered less based on how I, how I made my teams. But I went to that and all, what also that, that allowed me to do is like a skinny Justin Fields stack with this cheap receiver allowed me to kind of stack something else. And then, like, did I want? Of course, I wanted Travis Kelsey instead of 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 Tyree Kill. But it allowed me, like, to get you know the, whoever the hell I wanted. Basically, the ownership was low enough, and um, the you know the pricing was so cheap that I could really do whatever I wanted um, with that. And then, so I, I I went to that that well, which I actually feel fine about. And then the other one was 
um, I, I kind of wanted to to you know pull my my optionality lever, if you will, my late swap lever. And I played a team. Um, I ended it. It, it ended up uh, really bad, but it ended up on like Ram, it was basically a Rams. Um, Cardinals Cardinals stack with with Metcalf and Ayuk as a as a, a secondary correlation, but all I had was Gibson and Washington defense from the from the early slate. That was also I I, I was I was pretty high on the Gibson Washington defense thing, which <laughs> I think it's about time to give up on the Washington on the Washington defense and maybe Gibson too. But um, I wanted to like I didn't have a strong feel, right? We just talked about this. I, I think like all these games are the same and the Rams Cardinals game and even the the Seahawks 49ers game. What's really the difference between them and all those early games? And so I was like, I just want to, when I don't have a, a super, super strong preference, I want to use this optionality, you know, uh, lever to, to my advantage and just kind of like, okay, let's gather as much information, right? I got a one bet, one bet on Gibson and the Washington defense. And then let's see what, you know, kind of how the slate plays out. And, and I was playing around with swaps and stuff because all my teams were shit, um, except that one, obviously, uh, heading into the afternoon. And then, uh, and I'm like, I'm actually like, I'm talking to my buddy who is over here watching football with me. And I'm like, at this point, McLaurin had not caught his, his second touchdown. CPAT hadn't scored his third touchdown and Tyreek hadn't scored another touchdown yet. Right. These all happened in like the last, the waning minutes of the, the early games. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, look, Gibson's not great, but also Gibson you know, was still on the field, had potential to get more points, whatever. I'm like, this, this, this thing could work out. And then it was just like, Dagger, dagger, dagger. You know, Tyreek goes 50. McLaurin catches another one. DJ blah, blah, Moore blah. has a second touchdown, right? Yep, DJ Moore scores another one. And I'm just like, I went from like, well, this thing could be live to completely and utterly buried. Um, and so obviously that didn't, you know, and the Rams were uh, a disaster. And obviously I had Ayuk over Debo, so that didn't matter. But you, had, you, know you got optionality with that lineup. You got the option to not watch the four o'clock games at all because it doesn't matter. Exactly. That's the un, that's the underrated thing people don't understand about this option. When we talk about Just close the laptop early, okay, get on yep. with my day. Fade the early games. Watch tight. Watch all these guys go for fifty fantasy points, and then go yeah, go for a walk or whatever. That's pretty much what my afternoon uh, became. But like, I, it was it was a very very difficult slate, um, and I feel like you know there were so many ways that you could have said like this is this is the way i thought i should have gone like you talked about we could argue we should have just went all in on the Pan on the panthers game given the ownership that we saw um but it was so spread out and i really i really really that's 100% what you said have the most difficult times um with those slates and and i definitely don't think that i you know nailed it but i also don't feel bad about some of the the decisions that i made either and sometimes that's just how it goes it was kind of a funky slate both like process, you know, pre-slate, I thought it was awkward. And then the results were like, you know, there, there wasn't like any game. I guess the KC game was a game that you you needed, but it was kind of like, a, you know, one-offs here and there. I mean, what won the game changer? The guy had like naked Kirk Cousins and like a bunch of a bunch of one-offs. And so like tournament when tournament winning teams are that, um, I, I don't feel too bad. But yeah, it was an uncomfortable slate for me, for sure. But I mean, it highlights the fact that uh, and, and and casual players don't understand it that when the pricing and the ownership is more efficient the skill gap goes down between sharp players and and bad players i guess because it's so easy to make very similarly projected and owned lineups so it's kind of it's hard to screw up i'm talking about mostly for gpps for cash games it's a little bit a little bit differently uh 
but that's the reason why, like, if, if, if you're sitting there going, I could play one of like a hundred lineups and they all look the same to me. That means it's much easier for, if you're not good at this, as long as you, as long as you play a high projected lineup within a certain ownership range, it's like, you're probably, you're probably just as good as you're probably not going to make, there's not, there's not as many mistakes you can Mm -hmm. make when, as long as you spend 50,000 in salary or about that. And you have to play a quarterback and a wide receiver together pretty much. Like, like you can, it's hard to go wrong. Yep. Like projection wise. Now, FanDuel typically has much softer pricing. And you, you could make major mistakes on FanDuel. Uh, but when you hear sharper players go, I found it was a difficult slate. That doesn't mean that's people, people I think misappropriate this. Because you you you've heard this before, Eric. Where especially like in basketball, like we have a ba- you have a basketball slate that like none of the value plays show up, right? Because we're so used to it. Like every slate, there's going to be yep. some forty two hundred dollar guy, someone that's underpriced, <laughs> and then you get nothing. Like and, and and even the guys that are in good matchups are overpriced, and you're like, well, this is a tough slate. And the thing is, like sharp players, I mean, we'll we'll play every slate, so it doesn't even doesn't even right. matter. Uh, <laughs> but casuals tend to think the opposite and go. This slate is too tough. I'm going to set it out. It's like, no, those are the slates that you should be playing because your lineups are more likely to be closer to sharp players' lineups because yep. there's there's no there's no huge mistakes that you could really make there. Everyone is kind of projected, owned, and priced efficiently enough that you not playing the $4,200 guy or whatever, this type of construction is not going to burn you that much. But you find, I mean, th- this, is, this is the peril in, in talking to uh, people, like I'm on the VOP committee for DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I mean, it's noticeable that in all sports, DraftKings has has tighter pricing than FanDuel. Yep. They do it for that reason. They, they do it because mathematically they know. They know that the more efficient the pricing is, the easier it is for casual players to play. That the skill gap, they don't go broke as quickly. On FanDuel... I mean, dude, I, I'm, dude, I was playing, playing cash on FanDuel. I mean, yes, some of these lineups beat me, but I'm like, I don't know how they, like, good luck, yep. good luck. I hope you play me again. I mean, in a $50 head to head with, with these lineups in it, where, you know, when I see someone like, how is this guy beating me by this much this early? And I'm like, Khalif Raymond in cash. I mean, like, <laughs> like what, how does that happen? Like, yep. how, like, it's like, how do you have Tyreek Hill and Khalif Raymond together? Like, how, how did that, how did that work out? The one I get. The other one I don't, and then, mm-hmm. then you know, have 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 uh, has Jimmy uh, turns it uh, turns over the cards, and it's Jimmy G and Cash, and I'm like, what is going on on Fanduel? Uh, but the problem is because we've talked we've talked about it in the in the VOB committee, and of course I'm under NDA, so I can't tell you what like DraftKings is like exactly said, but of course I could say what I've said. But essentially, it comes down to. Uh, Casual players find it easier to play when the softer when it's priced softer, even though that's technically not beneficial for them because they're more likely to make big mistakes. So DraftKings knows no DraftKings. I don't know what FanDuel knows. I don't know if Fan, FanDuel some can't can't even put the names in their contests. You get bracket to first and like uh, so who knows what's going on there. But but let me tell you that like DraftKings is aware that that the the more efficient pricing helps the ecosystem more than softer pricing, but they're also aware from a business perspective that there are a lot that we could, there is softer action on FanDuel. 
And it's from, from customer feedback. It's primarily because it's very much because of that reason. Now there's also reasons like I like the interface better, you know, like it's colorful. I mean, but I'm not, I'm talking about just from a gameplay perspective, like there, there are people that I've talked to casual people that like, I prefer playing on FanDuel. Drafting is too hard to make a lineup. Right. Yep. And, and they go, no, but that, that's, that's good for you. So just spend your 50,000 in salary and you're, you're going to be, have a much more competitive lineup on FanDuel. Yep. You on FanDuel, like last week, uh, uh, like if you didn't play Barkley and Madison in cash games, it's like, you, you know how big of a mistake you were making, I, I, but I won that week. But if you continue to make those big mistakes, like you're going to get crushed on DraftKings. You're less likely to find those. Like, like I played David Montgomery in cash on DraftKings. I thought he was, the, he was by far mm-hmm. the best point per dollar running back play on the slate for his volume in yeah. a favored matchup against, I mean, he just, he, he projected the best in an aggregate in the blitz and everything. Yep. If you made if you played a lineup without David Montgomery and on DraftKings, that was still fun in cash games. I still he he was the best, but he still wasn't the best. Like if you played a non-Derrick Henry cash lineup on DraftKings, I'm fine with that also. I mean, like mm-hmm. you didn't want to play Westbrook Akine in your wide receiver spot. I get it. If you put together all those types of lineups, they're all within like two points of each other. But on FanDuel, on the other hand, we get situations where you don't play, you know, you don't play the obviously underpriced guys. Like that, your your projections off by seven, eight points, and you're like, like, right. like, dude, you're 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 making dramatic mistakes. But it's 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 it, but with a lot of the DFS ecosystem, it's, it's what we said about late swap. Like, oh, casual players want late swap, so when the guy's injured, they can replace the other guy. Do you use late swap any other time? No, it's like you know how much edge you're giving up, especially <laughs> basketball, by not utilizing late swap like every 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 fucking hour practically, mm-hmm. in order to optimize reoptimize your lineups like. That they, they they only it's the first level type of thinking. What cards do I have? And that's all they're seeing is what does it yep. affect me? Oh, I can build a lineup. I don't have to punt on FanDuel, right? I don't have to play yep. a cheap tight end. I don't have to I don't have to play a forty five hundred dollar wide receiver on FanDuel. I can play two running backs that I've heard of. Right? Then you go to DraftKings and it's like, okay, I want Derrick Henry, I want Devontae Adams, I want a Patrick Mahomes, and I want Tyreek Hill. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> uh, you can't even build that lineup, and it's like yep. you, you have to you have to play creative players at that point in order to fit those in. So so casual players go and they go. Oh, it's too hard. It's too. It's like no. It's actually more beneficial to you now. Obviously, on this podcast, probably not pe- speaking to people that are like that. But if you be more inclined, would you believe this is true? Be more inclined if you if you had a choice between slates like the volume and and when you play be more inclined to play on days where the pricing is very inefficient and be less inclined as a skillful player right because because eric you know how many times i've heard in, in the discord uh in rg especially nba we get one of those days where like half the league is out right maybe not all of, like because then it becomes even harder because there's like so many value plays yeah. But it's one of those slates where one o'clock news, three o'clock news, five o'clock news, and it's like, dude, like, like it's it's gonna be collusion time, right? It's it's collusion chat yep. time type yep. of thing where there's like four <laughs> there's like four guys on the slate where it's gonna be like they're all gonna be like eighty plus percent owned. Uh, those are the slates in GPPs, especially the large field ones that you should be playing. That's when you should be upping your volume because it's more likely that that bad players will make mistakes. 
doesn't mean you have to play all four of those guys, right? It could mean that you're playing three and the other, but they're going to be lineups that play none of those and are going to be projected for 28 points lower than any other lineup. And, like, you're going to find enough of those lineups that it eats up the entire rake. So it's almost like you're playing for free that night. Yep. But on days where it's, like, where the, there's no value, there's no nothing, like, those, those are the days that you're, as a sharp player, you should actually go less in volume. But a lot of sharp people go, oh, because the pricing is so tight. Like, I'll know the difference between this matchup yeah. and that. It's like, well, no, it doesn't work that way. Your opponents aren't being being punished as long as they spend all their salary by your minimal edge whatsoever. Great. So great. Let's say you do have a minimal edge. So 1%. But on a slate where like the, the half of your lineup is, is virtually like a lock. Like, dude, there's still going to be 20% of the lineups in the contest that don't have those guys in it. It's like, like, dude, the rake's 15%. If people are willing to play lineups that are 20 or 30 points projected lower to you, shouldn't you be putting in more lineups then? <laughs> right. And we talk about all the time, or at least like that's my my favorite phrase, right, is finding like a path to first, finding a, a real clean path, like especially when you play like I do with only a handful a handful of teams. When it's a slate like yesterday, you tell me what the path was. I still don't know what it, like, I, I, we have the results and I'm like, I'm the top three in the Millie maker didn't even have Tyree kill and he scored 50 points. Like, I, do you tell me how you were like, what the, what we were supposed to do with that slate? I have, like I said, I have the results and I don't know what the cleanest path, cleanest path the first was because people won millions of dollars without the one fucking guy that scored 50 points. Like I, I'd say like, I, I, I don't well, even C-Pat, know what you, C-Pat had to be a path the first only because he the was running, only because of the running back position. Yeah. yeah. Because it, I mean, there are more wide receivers on this slate that put up over 30 points that you could have had four of them and not had Tyreek Hill. But But at running back, at running back, there were too many running backs that only scored 10 or 15 or something like that, that if you had Cordell Patterson and some running back that scored over 20 points, that probably was the winning line. And he didn't, you didn't, the fact you didn't even need Tyreek Hill to win a large field contest shows to me how important it's it's the weirdest thing i think the running back positions slots are the most important slots in in all of dfs but it's one it's it's something that i say for soccer it's it's i mean it's more correlative to the defense where the defensive slot in your roster is going to decide whether or not you win a gpp <laughs> and it's the decision you should spend the least amount of time on because it's so variant but yep. one up from that running back is like Dude, I'm putting it, I'm choosing my game, building my lineup around a game. Then running back slots, whatever fits. Like, it's <laughs> like, as long as that, I mean, I'm obviously playing higher project. I'm not, I'm not probably not playing Melvin Gordon on yesterday's slate. Like, I'm just talking about, we had 20 guys that were like viable that yeah. you, you could have plugged in easily. Like, yes. I don't start from a perspective of like, yes, last yesterday's slate. I did not start from a perspective of what running backs I'm playing. It's came with what games am I playing? And then it's like, I'm going to cap all these running backs at 20% and let's see what, sho- let's see what shows up. Right. And just like, yep. and Spin by the default, wheel. running back wide receiver combinations. So I had a lot of Davis McLaurin combination. Right. Right. But like, who else am I going to put there? And if I'm not going to put Davis, I'm going to put Gaskin there. Like, and it still have McLaurin. Like, what's the difference? I might as well have the core. Gaskin, I've what played. happened to him? They just decided played. that he's not going to play anymore. 
I played Gaskin and I was looking, I obviously gave up, you know, paying close attention to like the box score or whatever. Gaskin, I went back and looked. So like I played Gaskin because I was part of my thing was I really liked the, the I thought the Dolphins were kind of undervalued. I thought they would, uh, you know, home, home favorite against uh, the Colts with the Colts O-line injuries, blah, blah, blah. Right? I, I, you, really you know what happened to me? You know what happened to me? I, I had the worst of both worlds. When, when I saw Gallman was active, I, I, I had Mike Davis in like 18% of my lineups. And I'm like, Goldman's active and the projection didn't change, but I'm like, there's a lot of downside, much more downside yeah. than I expected here. Uh, let me get rid of some, from, from, uh, some Davis. I'm like, well, who's around Davis that I could just, cause also I was manually going through my lineup. So I'm like, uh, just I'll screw Gaskin's going to be what? 4% on. Yep. There you go. G- give me, give me Gaskin against the Colts. He can catch some passes out of the backfield. The problem yep. is, He's only on the field 23% of the time. What happened there? What happened? He, he, he basically didn't play. He had, uh, and I, I only remember this because somebody posted a tweet or like that they were like, what the fuck happened with Miami? They're they're getting their asses kicked by the Colts who are awful. Miles Gaskin had been playing at least 50% of the snaps all year, had been getting at least six targets, and I think it was six, in every single game. And then they're losing and he played 23% of the snaps, got two carries and zero targets in the passing game. It was just like, I mean, I, you tell me, how, again, same thing. Like, how, I'm not saying that, you know, like, oh, you, you know, woe is me. Like, I don't really give a shit. It's not like clearly a couple extra targets wasn't going to get Miles Gaskin where you needed him to be. But it was like you said, Miles Gaskin was not that different from Mike Davis. Like they were different. Mike Davis projected better. I get or it. Blah, Trey blah, blah. Sermon even. Trey Sermon. Th- right. like, there was all these guys. I played. Ceh Jay was fifty four hundred. Yeah. I mean, like it's just like pick, and there and it's not like one is d- dramatically more owned than the other. It's just like yeah. I just need someone in that range. Plug him in. Yep. If he's correlated with a receiver, correlate in my lineup, him if I can. Right, and yep. then then fine, yep. okay. So obviously my my sermon, if Metcalf is in the lineup, most likely it's going to be Sermon and not Davis, yep. right? I mean, like that. But the actual guy, it's like they all project it in the same range. It's just so that's why I was just building lineups, going like stack and running back, running back, and just like whatever, whatever yeah. fits, whatever fits, whatever fits, and and just it is what it is. And then some you hit on and some you don't hit on, and it's just running back roulette. And and whoever gets in the end zone gets in the end zone. Whoever doesn't doesn't. And and so I, I think I I mean I'm. Truthfully, I think the tight end position may mean more than than the running back positions. Only because at tight end, there's there's a humong there's there there either is huge gap. a huge right. Like you have to roster a tight end, and if if one tight if an own tight end puts up twenty more points than anyone else at the tight end position, like you gain all of that at that one because everyone has to have some two point tight end or something in their spot. Yep. Uh, running back at least fits in three slots, right? The two that, well, Titans fits mm-hmm. in two running back in three. And there's just more good running. I mean, there's just so if a running back puts up 30 points, it's like, okay, I could find, I could find another running back to put up 30. I could find one that put up 24, at least tight yeah. end puts up 30 points. It's like, dude, there may not be any tight ends that put up more than 12. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like, or there may be one there, one's with 22 and it's the, the it, it's, it's, it's Jeff Swaim, and he's one. He's point five. It's Johnu Smith's two touchdown game out of nowhere. Like it's someone that like, like dude, he's not even owned. So it's like you would probably not land on him, and no one has him anyway. I posted uh, the top five because I was I was looking at some of the tight end stuff. Uh, yesterday's top five 
Um, you know, so the week four top five tight end scores, I want to find it really, really quick because it illustrates this point perfectly. Top five fantasy tight ends in week four. Number one, CJ Uzoma. <laughs> Number two, Dawson Knox. Number three, Mo Alley Cox. Number four, Dalton Schultz. Number five, Max Williams. So when Travis Kelsey doesn't do Travis Kelsey things, good fucking luck, right? It's like, uh, you know, but to your point, that's what like the important the importance of that position that kind of actually people thought that that meant like oh my god you know tight end is a a, a crapshoot and it, it does but it also illustrates like look Travis Kelsey was at the top of that or Darren Waller was at the top of that list every week until this week right and Waller still might get there you know he plays tonight obviously he wasn't on the on the DFS slate but the thing about running backs like the running back versus tight end thing was so so true um, and I did want to double back on the running back thing what I tried to do this week was because, like you said, the I know the running back defense decisions are so uh, important yet and so impossible and like useless spending my time on. I was actually correlating those two things and then like using all the other positions to basically like stack two games. And so, like I, I mentioned, I would do Gibson and the Washington defense because it was like, okay, these running backs are all. I have no idea. I, I don't. I don't know. Gibson, yeah, Montgomery, whatever. I don't know. But if the defense does well. That should, in theory, right, give my running back a leg up on all those other running backs at at that spot. Now, I did that poorly. <laughs> I did not pick the right the right ones. But your point is the same thing. There's ways to kind of build in the correlation, right? Like a Sermon and Metcalf, like you said, or play Sermon in the 49ers defense, or like you know, Gaskin in the Dolphins defense. Yep, right. That's there's what I there's did. tons of. I didn't get many points uh, out of that. <laughs> I think. <laughs> The Dolphins defense barely outscored Gaskin, and Gaskin had 0.3 points, I believe. So uh, that tells you about how well that one that one went. But but I, but I think it's a, more the point of uh, the Jordan Aikings example. Of yes. If if you're gonna play a Bill stack, and you don't want to spend up on Cooks as a runback, you don't even need a runback in the Bills because no. they were so favored by so much. It's double stack and don't worry about it. But it's like, what's the purpose of having Will Disley in that lineup? Yes, when Jordan correct. Aikens is 2,900 and he's at least on the other side of the game. Like, like what's the projection difference between Disley and Aikens? Not enough that you should matter. I mean, we're talking about pun tight ends here. So mm-hmm. just play Aikens in that line. Just to, and you know that Aikens is going to be 10 times less owned yeah. than Disley. Max Williams. I'm playing Kyler Murray, AJ Green, Max Williams lineups. Because it's like that those t- tight end spots, If unless it's going to be a high-end tight end, like if you need the double stack, just... Doesn't matter. Well, well, this guy, Tommy Tremble, was in some of my Dan Sam Darnold lineups, and mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't have hurt you. You could have won a smaller GPP with any of these tight end with with two points out of your tight end as long as you got everything else right. Yep. So why not? I I don't I don't under, I don't understand why less people do because I see these ownerships of like like. I understand why Dalton Schultz was on. Okay, he, he projected well. Okay, I get that. Uh, but, and I know you always get Kelsey because of Mahomes, but, like, you see high-owned quarterbacks and you go, why Why didn't anyone have, like, Zach Ertz? Like, why yep. was, like, if you're playing Hurts, just play. I was Ertz. mad at myself about that, too, because I looked at it and then I, I went to Kelsey, which also made sense, but I was like, you know, do the Ertz or Goddard, what, what, well, what, whichever. Well, in an Ertz lineup, you'd play Tyreek. Like, you would play Hurts, I mean. Ertz, yeah. Tyreek, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and that, but, but that was the leverage pull. That was the leveraged way to, to, to attack that. And that, that was the, like I said, we talked about it a little bit already where I was like, I made some mistakes, I think, 
Um, but I actually don't feel really bad about anything given how I feel about that that slate. That was one that I I definitely feel like was kind of obvious and I screwed that up on the Hertz team. It was kind of laziness, probably. I was like, okay, Hertz has all these wide receivers. Some of them are very cheap. They allowed me to do the things that I wanted. And I'm like, well, I can just play Kelsey. Right, I can, no, I but I don't that's think that's easy, a mistake. Easy bring back. But like the let but like what what was but it's not I, but it's not Kelsey was not that owned. Yeah, that's true. That, that, and, that's also, true. and also Kelsey was the only tight end, maybe Kittle. Like if you have if Kelsey puts up Tyreek's numbers. Yeah. Like I'm not saying maybe not his exact he's probably not gonna get that many yards. But let's say but, Kelsey had 120 yards on eight for 120 with two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. He beats out so many tight ends by like ridiculous amounts yeah. that you'd rather have it in your tight end spot than in a wide receiver. Look, the Millie Maker winner didn't even have True. Tyreek Hill. Right? You didn't even need a wide receiver yeah. with 50 points because there was enough wide receivers with 30 plus points and enough running backs with 25 plus points that the tight end spot, like, like you needed Dawson Knox, right? <laughs> like that you needed something like that. And that's more likely to happen at tight end. So no, I don't. I don't believe. I, to me, it's not a mistake. We said before the, the the ownership and the pricing was efficient enough that it's not like Kelsey was twenty seven percent owned. I mean, like you said yourself, there's no lev. Where's the leverage? Hill wasn't that owned. No one was. No one was that owned to that extent where you're looking to do the flippy flip on it. So it's like, oh yeah, everyone's playing Mahomes, Kelsey, and and and, and, and uh, hurts. Hertz Smith Kelsey lineup, so I'm going to play Hertz Ertz Hill at so much lower ownership. Like no, that about the same ownership. I mean, like yeah, like true. You, the overall ownership between the three players are about the same, just at different positions. And so I, I no, truthfully, I I don't think you should you should you should hit yourself at all. I, Kelsey's if Kelsey puts up if we go by if Kelsey puts up 50 points like Hill did, we'd be talking about. Like obviously, you play when everyone's playing punt tight end. You just play Kelsey and Kelsey. and get all the right. So like like yeah. to me that to me that was actually the most obvious angle on a slate that had no angles. Right. I played Kelsey twice. I played. To, I mean that that was that was the end right. of my slate. Basically, we could set aside everything else, but I played Kelsey on two. <clears throat> excuse me on 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 two of the teams. And when you pay eighty one hundred for a tight end, he scores four points. Like yeah, it's it's. And I played him on fan. I played him on. I played him in Fanduel Cash. I played him in my Fanduel tournament because it was just like I didn't give a shit. I'm just playing this. You know, right, the, run the me down. I'm gonna play the high the yeah. highest ceiling tight end. And if he gets there, good luck to you because you're gonna have to run me down. And he doesn't even have to like get there, get there. You know what I mean? That that's the, maybe on DraftKings a little bit, but even then, like you said, look at like I I, I played Corey Davis for five thousand. I played Darnell Mooney for thirty nine hundred. You could play Amari Cooper for six k. You could play the list goes on and on and on of all those guys that you could play. And how many of those wide receivers scored twenty plus points? Like a million. Everybody like, they're handing out twenty point games to wide receivers like candy and fifteen plus point games except to for OBJ, like, except for him. except for Odell. Baker made sure that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, what what was what was up with that? I, I I discussed it with James. James, I don't know. I on the pregame show he there's a difference between me saying that i think he was overowned to him being way over projected but i aggregate projections from across the industry now obviously mm-hmm. i weight different ones differently yeah. uh he projected okay mm-hmm. but like i had cooper 30 points higher projected than him i had i i mean i had robert woods who was 500 cheaper 
a point higher projected than him. James, I, I, on the morning show, James is like, I had OBJ as the second highest raw points wide receiver. Okay, so raw you have the same, right, you have the same reaction that I had. Exactly. I'm, I'm like, no, no. I thought you were going to say point per dollar and I was going to no, be no, like, it, uh, we could argue point per dollar. Steep. Fine. I had DJ Moore point per dollar. Fine. Yeah. No, but no, he, he had, he had him with the same projection as Devontae Adams and above Tyreek Hill and above all Debo Sam, above all of those 7K, Cooper Cup, all. I'm like, no, that's, that's, he had it, essentially had him at, at 22 points instead of like 14. And I'm like, well, that, that, I mean, that can't be right. <laughs> or, I mean, that, like to me, that, that, that can't possibly be right. But I could understand if you, if, if you told me that, that you had uh, OBJ equal or even slightly higher projected than Amari Cooper at 6,000. I, I, I didn't, but I could get it. But the, the pro the problem that I have, it's not a problem. It's the, it's the befuddlement I have is when, and this is why, why I like listening to, to shows and reading content. I don't make my own projections, right? Mm -hmm. I'm using projections from around the industry, the same sites that are writing content and doing shows. Yep. So why is it that when I look at all the projections and sometimes I will go through and go this projection source only what comes up for it, this projection source only. And like, and I'm going through and OBJ is in none of the optimals, right? None of them yep. in anywhere. And I agree with that. None of them. There's no, and yet oh, 5,800 OBJ got to play in DK cash, got to play 6,600 OBJ in FanDuel. It's like, I, I don't get the disconnect. It, it's, it, it's either I don't get it or we're, we're it, it's, it's that, it's that it really, to me, it's, it's a, it's a, a what would you call it? an art versus science type of, yeah. type of thing. Like yep. the type, the type, I, I, I want to say this in the nicest way because I'm going to insult people, but if I don't, uh, if everything you do is put into the projections, then it then what's in the what I call the content should be you explaining the projections. Correct. Right. Like that's how the, I always the, ex explain the range content. of the right the range of the projections and like you said the inputs into the projections and like we've talked about this plenty of times in the past. What does Derrick Henry's projection mean versus what does Christian McCaffrey's projection mean? Like what goes into those is wildly different, and that can be important. For how you right, view but that but 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 Eric, right? at the end of the day, you're essentially explain like if I read an entire article of like here's here's a four thousand word article of all the best plays, the best plays. <laughs> yeah. Like I instead of reading the four thousand word article, I could just go. I just, just download your projections and just just sort by salary adjusted value and like I could get there in in five seconds. Like like mm -hmm. and hey. You're the type that doesn't, I don't trust numbers. Fine. Feel free to read why they project the way that they do. Mm -hmm. Fine. But then I don't get the fact that like when there's a disconnect between the two of like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going in my DK cash lineup go, do I play OBJ to block or do <laughs> I play Cooper? Who's three points higher projected in this line? I never even I, considered Odell in cash. Right. Well, that's the I point. I'm like, I, 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 I I, if I took the names off of it and I didn't listen to any content, I put my ears over my head and didn't read anything. OBJ, I wouldn't have even, it's not like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even considered him. 
I mean, we wouldn't even be in consideration because I look at the numbers and go, there's no that no projection has him higher than Cooper. None of them do. So I'm like, now I don't want to make it a, a, a OBJ versus Cooper type of argument. No. It's it's more of the generalized point of of why is it that a site or content we both do content right? And this is the main reason why I, I, I like you know you know me. I never I never get in this conundrum because I outwardly fucking yell at people and say just look at the fucking projections. <laughs> Who do you like? Well, I like the ones that have the highest point per dollar and uh, and salary adjusted value. There, just yeah. look at it, like like and lowest ownership, yeah, <laughs> and, low, and for GPP. But I'm not even talking about yeah. GPP. If you just want to know the best raw plays, best plays for salary, yeah. right? Just look, just look at that. So I can never, like, whenever I did tags on like like the I I used to have the value tag on on NBA. You know, yeah. It was the easiest work I ever had to do. I just sort by sort by point per dollar value, and I click the first five names and tag them with a color. <laughs> Done. Like what? What else would I be doing? Right? Cash yeah. plays. Well, sort by salary, adjusted value. Click, click, click. I mean, what else would you be doing? Like, there's. Well, what's your reason behind it? It's like, well, because they're projected. Well, I mean, for their price. Mm-hmm. This is the game that yep. we're playing. So. Yep. I don't get the the OBJ because I it wasn't it's not one site it's multiple sites it's like how how is it that so that you could you could list like here here are all the cash plays and it and those and the players that are in that article aren't reflected by the projections from your own site that you like like dude I I could I could run I could run the top hundred lineups and. I get OBJ in six out of a hundred. Like it doesn't yeah. mean that he's not a catch play, but dude, he's not like a core play or anything like that. So that's, that's the, that's, I don't know. I don't know what point I'm trying to make. It's just that, <laughs> that the reason why I listen to all this stuff is because I know, OB, like I knew OBJ's ownership was going to be inflated regardless of what, Me too. what the math was going to say that he should be. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did play some of them, but like, I wasn't to me, like, dude, if you can't get, get your projections to even give him a better projection than half the other receivers, like, what? Like, all, to me, all it is is inflated. It's not even narrative-based. Like, narrative-based type of stuff I could get. The projection isn't as good, but type of thing. But you can't just tell me that, That I mean, it's, that, the, the James thing is ridiculous. There's no way that that he should have been the second highest raw point projected. No. Receive, but you no, no you, offense. You kind of get what no I'm offense, saying. James. It's it's more of a bug there I have with content than yeah. I have with the projection of like, like shouldn't shouldn't your shouldn't your plays quote unquote like match the match one of the up? I mean, like just like in the top hundred or something. I mean, like I would get like if hey James's projections jammed in it would jam in OBJ into cash games, right? Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, I don't use James's projections, but I mean, I don't think he should have been projected for twenty-two. But if it would have, it would have reflected that. But then you yeah, got you, yeah, you, you true right. So like we always talk, we always talk about it, even on the pregame show. Uh, whatever information you're using, make the make the decision, the correct decision based on what you're looking at. Right. So if someone told me, uh, well, my projection had OBJ at one point higher than Cooper, so that's why I played. Uh, OBJ over Cooper and Cash. I'd go. Then you're absolutely correct. So we're we're not we're not arguing over the decision. We're mm-hmm. arguing over the projection, 
right? Whether or not the projection was more or less accurate. But if you're looking at a guy that's a point higher, like a lot of people in uh, in the Blitz uh, chat played uh, Najee Harris over DJ Moore. Mm. It, Najee Harris projected for one point higher, raw point higher than uh, than DJ Moore. And a lot of people played him in the flex. And I still, I still think they got there. Uh, yeah. But my aggregate had more a half a point higher than him. So the blitz was higher on on Harris and a little bit lower on Moore. Uh, and that was that was kind of the outlier. So if you just looked at that, you would have played Harris in cash or whatever. Obviously, the strategic decision would be, why don't you play DJ Moore because he's going to be 35 to 40 percent owned instead? And is it worth that one point? Like, yeah. you can make the strategic, that would be a strategic decision that is against the projections that you're using. But if you're just using the projections, I couldn't blame anyone. People in the Blitz are like, ah, oh, we should have played more over uh, Harris. I go, did Harris reject better than, than Moore? Yeah, so. Then, <laughs> then all we're arguing about is, uh, is a projection, not a decision. Like, you shouldn't knowingly play someone less projected. I played Dak in cash because I knew he'd be higher owned. And the projection difference between... Dak and Hertz was so marginal that uh, I, I'd rather just side side with Dak and uh, the two hundred in in price was a was a uh, late swap. Like I I originally was going to play Engram, but then I played Disley because then at least I have two spots. I could go to Kittle for a, if I need if I'm behind. Yeah, and the same yeah. thing for Westbrook and and Samuel. I agreed with you on the on the on the morning show on Sunday. Curtis Samuel is a better football player. Like the only <laughs> issue with Curtis Samuel, if we if we knew Curtis Samuel was going to play the snaps he played, he would have projected better than Westbrook, right? But we just didn't know. Mm -hmm. So originally I was going to play Samuel. I'm like, screw this. I'm not playing this fucking Westbrook guy. Fucking, we don't know. <laughs> Josh Reynolds, Marcus Johnson. We don't know what the fuck yeah. is going on with the Titans. But I knew he was going to be 40 to 50% owning cash games. Do I, if Westbrook puts up a 19-point game and Samuel puts up five points and I lose all my double-ups... On that decision, why make it be that decision? So I just played right. one. I, why let that... The projection difference was so marginal that I'm going to play the higher-owned guy. But yep. though, to me, those are the strategic decisions that go against the projection, like the complete raw projection. I believe my top optimal in in uh, in DK Cash, aggregate-wise, was Josh Allen at quarterback and no Derrick Henry. So you play three, maybe you play like Montgomery, Hubbard, yeah. like like some some uh, and, and Sermon Davis or or, 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 Davis or Davis, Davis, right? Something like that. So you went three <clears throat> cheap running backs, and mm -hmm. I looked at that and I said, Derrick Henry is going to be like sixty to seventy percent owned in cash <laughs> games, and I'm not going to get burned by Derrick Henry. And then, but the point is, is that I clicked in Henry, and then looked at the optimal from that. The difference was 0.08. So it's like, am I willing to let let ten thousand dollars ride on 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 a less than a tenth of a point of a projection when I know that Derrick Henry that if I play Derrick Henry, like I can't I can't get burned by it. Yeah. Right. Or same for Westbrook and, and Samuel. To me, those are the strict. Like I said. Like, oh, well, you just go by projection. You just go by projection. Well, there, there is, there's still, if you want to make it, some strategic thing.
thing. Now, you, would you give up four points in projection for that? No, I, I wouldn't. No. no. We're talking about right. very, very, very small differences. Yep. Uh, so that's what it comes back with the, the OBJ stuff of like, if you played OBJ because of, not because for some strategic reason, I don't even think that existed because OBJ ended up being higher owned. Like if OBJ was 4% owned, and Cooper was 17% owned. Okay, now we're not even having this conversation. I go, yeah, he projected three points lower, but he was four times less owned. But I mean, OBJ was more owned. Yeah. So like he wasn't it's... he wasn't sneaky anymore, and he was lower projected. So how does how does that end up in content continuing was, to, to happen? He was the steamiest play of the year, I think. Probably. But at, so, at some point, uh, at you have first... to stop steaming. At some point, right. you have to realize. That like just like me and you came to the conclusion by Sunday morning or Saturday night, I'd love to play OBJ and Justin Jefferson together. But it turns out that OBJ at on Tuesday was I could have projected him for seven percent ownership, and now he's going to be fourteen percent owned by Sunday morning, and therefore he's actually not a good play anymore. But like nothing ever reflects that. Like, dude, they're not sneaky, and nothing's it's not sneaky anymore. This is. You know, ETR had the game as the top GPP game scores. Like, you almost, you have to realize that that what you're look it, it's it's one of those you have to realize what you're looking at is actively affecting the ownership and how everyone else is going to play. Now, obviously, if you subscribe to a site and it's a bunch of you and six people, I mean, probably that's not going to matter, right? But it's like, dude, I look at ETR, I look at Awesomeo. Right. And I, I, I go like, like, dude, like I look at their projections. I look at their content and I go that even the ownership is wrong. Even the like, like I, I can't see it's like, like, oh, they have OBJ at 8% and they have, uh, they have OBJ at 9%. And I'm like, no, I'm putting in, I'm putting in uh, 14. Right. Yeah. I, like, like, like I, I, I'm listening the entire fucking week to this shit. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't be. You can't be and, and and I do think ETR specifically and a handful of, re, you know, rotor grinders has some some to do with it as well. Like if you listen to, say, the pick six with Reeves, you know, Reeves is, uh, you know, not as influential as, as ETR is. Roto World or NBC Sports Edge. I'm sorry. NBC. Yeah, I still call it. I didn't even flinch. I was just like, yep, Roto World. Didn't, it's still, I still type in. Roto World. Uh, I'm not typing in NBC Sports Edge. Never. But, but to never make it call. clear, it's not like people are doing it on purpose. No, no. Like and and this isn't up even like, like a, a, and in fact, most of the time, you'll you'll hear someone like Leone go, "I played OBJ to be sneaky, and he's 26 for like like we had Metcalf. Like it's like I'm playing. Well, no one's playing this guy, and he's like, oh, he ends up being the highest on my receiver because everyone is thinking I, no one's playing that guy. Well, so it's they, like I mean, no one's benefiting by it. But I don't think I don't even think the content creators are realizing that the more it's, it's kind of a fucked up thing to say the more and more you talk about the plays the less and less they become good plays yeah that's absolutely what where we are now like at, in as GPPs a space in, at least in gpps yeah yeah and 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 ecr is definitely you know at the core of that along with other sites including you know the one that both of us the one that both of us work for and it is it, it is i i actually felt that's like one of the things that I felt like I got, like I fucked everything else up about the slate yesterday, but that was one I felt like really actually passionate about. And it was like, dude, no one will shut the fuck up about the Browns Vikings game. Right. And like you said, ETR's top uh, GPP game score. That's like, they kept talking about it as, you know, Jefferson and Odell, Thielen, Dalvin Cook coming off the injury. Maybe he's he's not, he's not going to be owned. 
Right. Everybody kept talking about that. Um, Overzet, you know, he gets a lot of viewers on his stuff. He he's talking about all the the same thing because he's a lot of times in lockstep with like Leone um, and those guys. Like I said, Reeves is talking about it. Silva's talking yeah, about but the it. Thing, but, Levitan's but, talking but, about but, it. But, but, but the thing is, Eric, the the projections yeah. who are input by these people don't reflect that. Yeah, and that's what and that's what I think. Here, here's a, I'm gonna like. I'm not talking about reflecting a, the ownership. Question. I'm talking about literally no. reflect. Like you're you're putting in a 27 percent target share. You're putting in the efficiency. You're putting you're you're doing you're putting in that manually, and the projection is staring at your face, being mm -hmm. that like oh from a point per dollar value they're 16th at wide receiver, like yeah. at some point like what like when 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 is when is oh maybe he's not as he's good at low ownership but not like he's still. Like I, I'm looking like here, I'm gonna I I have I saved my lineup HQ because we have a results DB is down, so I had to use yeah, it for the for the early show. Okay. I'm gonna go to my aggregate, which is an aggregate from around the industry. Okay, mm -hmm. so nothing gets like the blitz gets a little bit more of a weight than anything else. But I'm going to wide receiver and I'm going by salary adjusted value. Okay, mm -hmm. so that that equates the 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 price of the players. So it's not just point per dollar. Odell Beckham is let's see. This is this is how far you have to go down in order to get uh, Odell Beckham. So like, this, this RGV, the salary adjusted plus minus, is a great gauge for cash games. Okay. Yeah. If you use yep. that in lineup HQ, I'm going to go down this list. Devontae Adams, number one. Do, do we do we we both agree with that, right? Correct. DJ yes. Moore, number two. Yeah, makes sense. Cooper Cup, number three. Makes sense. You're probably you're probably yep. playing Adams over Cup, so you can't get both of them in. Right. Debo Samuel, number four, at 6,500. We have Makes no sense. problems with this. Amari Cooper, no. at 6,000. Obviously, yes. Ridley, at 7,000. Lamb. That was another, can, we, can we take a super quick side? Ridley is not that, it's not the same thing, but similar to where I came into Sunday thinking some of the same things other people were like, oh, Atlanta, Washington looks good. Atlanta, Washington lo looks good. And then I'm running all these optimals. Again, I use the Blitz. The Blitz is the projection source source that I use. Ridley's in every Ridley's in everything. Ridley is Ridley's right, in Ridley the, projected yeah, very well in the Blitz. Ridley was in the, the cash optimal on every site in the in in the Blitz. And everybody keeps telling me about how sneaky all this stuff is. And I am looking at some of the ownership projections and I'm like, Ridley doesn't look that sneaky. <laughs> like, like he doesn't look everybody thinks like, oh, this is the sneaky pivot or whatever. And like this, it was this like the same thing as Odell. Like, right. I, pro like, I projected it, Ridley for 11% ownership, even though, even though I think, I think RG had him at sing most places had him at single digits. Yeah. And I, and I, I thought bumped, that was, I wrong. bumped him up. I said yep. like, there's no, there's, there's no way that he's not at least double digit owned. Yeah. We got lamb there, Tyreek Hill. And we're talking about salary adjusted value. I got Robert Woods. Yeah. At 5,300 Terry McLaurin at 6,900 Stefan Diggs at 7,600 DK Metcalf at 7,200. Now, I understand that these 7K receivers, you're probably going to only be able to fit one, and you're probably right. playing Devontae Adams. Devontae. You're probably yeah. playing Devontae Adams and DJ Moore already. Yep. So now you could only, like, you need a 5 to 6K receiver at best or Westbrook Akine or something like that. Yep. But above, I mean, I'm still not I'm still not at OBJ. Deontay Johnson at 6,200. Tell me why Deontay Johnson at 6,200. Deontay Johnson, I had him projected for one and a half more raw points than OBJ. He was 400 more. Justin Jefferson, 7,300. Tyler Lockett, 7,100. Then Robbie Anderson, 
Cole Beasley, Corey Davis, Cortland Sutton, and then OBJ at 5,800. This is an aggregate. So it's not like I'm making, you can't say that like, oh, well, the way that you make projections, maybe. It's like, <laughs> dude, I'm taking, I'm, the sites that we're talking about, that's where I'm getting the projections from. So that, that to me, that, is it a bug? Am, am I, what am I complaining? I don't even know what I'm complaining about other than. I don't either. I think it's a, it's Well, I'm not complaining. I mean, to, to me, it's, a, it's, a, it's an edge. No, but I think it's a fascinating dis- discussion point because we see this frequently. We've talked about it probably a little bit more with like running backs. I mean, th- th- this is not the exact same thing, but we started off the the, the whole show talking about like, why the fuck was Cordero Patterson <laughs> like 20 plus percent He actually on did FanDuel. not project and all that badly on FanDuel. I, I know, I know, I know, I know he didn't, but that was still kind of, kind of wild yeah, yeah, to, that, to, you're to, right. to, to see. But you know, and, and we used to talk about like James Robinson last year. It was like it did not matter what James Robinson's price was or really what his projection was. If you played the Millie, James Robinson's was fifteen percent. Like it, it did. Like it's not, not, yeah, not, but that's against that. projections. What I'm talking about right. is I don't understand how a site that makes projections ends up with with players that it's like oh, did, did, for cash games especially, right? We're talking about you. Know, like, like we had the whole fucking bend the better crap, right? Yeah. Which yep. I, I don't care if it's a troll or not. I have nothing to do. I didn't have any showdown <laughs> lineups. I'm watching the Patriots, whatever. I, I'll go and fucking fuck around with them. Uh, <laughs> with uh, like, there's only a certain amount of like viable play. Like, like you'd say there's a viable pool of players that you'd play in cash. Yeah. Right. So like, like on this slide, there may be 20 to 24 players that I'd say by like, if you, if you at least had, if you had nine slots with these 24 pieces and you made a lineup with any nine of them that fit together, I wouldn't call you a donkey. Right. You may, I may have thought one was better than the other, but like, you wouldn't be like off the board or anything like that, but that's how limited like cash games are. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like in cash games, like if, People didn't play Montgomery and they played Trey Sermon in that spot and they upgraded somewhere else. Like, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I don't look yeah. at that and go, you're an idiot, right? I saw the running, you played Shaba Hubbard. Even if you played Mike Davis, you know, even though the, the, the Gilcast guys want Nate to take an L, but I'm on Nate's side. Uh, they, they were all viable, but I mean, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you were, if you were playing, like, if you... If, I mean, some of these wide receivers, I mean, if like, if you were playing instead of Devontae Adams, you play Cooper Cup, I think you were giving up a point and a half and two points of projection, but I, I wouldn't call you stupid, right? right? I'd be like, okay, that's viable. But yeah. I mean, if, if you, if you played Brandon Cooks at 6,400 over OBJ, I'd say you're stupid. You would, would have much rather played OBJ, but I think you would have much rather played Amari Cooper. But I think OBJ was in that pool of play. Like, so it's like, we're not even talking about like, oh, why was OBJ anywhere in the discussion? Like, no, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. He was on the bottom of all that. I just don't understand why. The, if you're making, and this is coming from someone that doesn't make projections. I know I'm harping on the same thing over and over again. Maybe someone could tell me, okay? The, the thing that I like about Cardi with the Blitz is that, he puts in what he, it sh- he, he's the type of person that he's going to put in what should be put in. 
Mm-hmm. And if something comes out and goes, wow, that's weird. That guy projects really well. He's not going to do anything to like, he's going to look into if there, obviously if there's an error or something, you know, right. typed in an extra one. This guy's <laughs> not going to have 110% target share, right? You know, like something like that, <laughs> that he tests, he tests his system for months, weeks, months, years that if that's what it says, that, that, that is what it says. And there's, there's no like, like he'll find the reasons why just to mm-hmm. explain it to you. But outside of that, it's like, well, once I put in all this information and all the, all the, what the, the, the range of outcomes for this and the range of outcomes of that, the team totals and the weather and all, all the variables, it's like, well, Mike Davis projects well, like, like, well, I don't want to play Mike Davis. He's horrible. It's like, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? He's not hard. He's, he's horrible. And ignore that projection. Because once you ignore that projection, then it's like, why don't you just ignore all the projections then? Because the same things that are making up Mike Davis's projection is making up David Montgomery's projection. So right. it's, you can't just pick and choose that. But Derek Hardy never never, never says, uh, yeah, uh, Mike Davis projects well, but uh, yeah, he's not a good play. Right? David Montgomery right. projects well, but he's not a good play. Right? Like, or this guy, like, uh, it, uh, McCole Hardman doesn't project well for 4,400 yet. I think he's a good, pl- like you never hear that because it's just like, whatever, whatever the numbers say, the numbers say. So how is that, that so much of a disconnect from certain sites, including, including Roto grinders, yep. right? Where it happens everywhere. That, that, it happens, happens everywhere, everywhere, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. It happens everywhere where, uh, cause we're just talking about good plays. I'm not talking about GPP. We're not talking about ownership. We're not talking about anything like that, that, why, why doesn't, why doesn't, uh, why don't the, re- the projections reflect that? Like if, if, if this guy was such a good play, why does he only show up in six of uh, top hundred optimals? If this, if this guy is such a bad play, why does he show up in 78 of a hundred of them? Like then, yeah. then you, even, even if you have to go in and just say, Oh, I know that this is wrong, but I need to put in these inputs to make this projection lower on Mike Davis. At least then the the output doesn't make it look like, I mean, you shouldn't be doing that, but at least it would be consistent. If you want to bump OBJ up to a 38% target share, just a 38% target share on a, on a 97% catch rate and bump up the Browns team total to 57 in order to get OBJ up to 20, up to Devante Adams, at least then your numbers would be consistent. Right, at least then, at least then it's like okay. Well, obviously LBJ is the top play because I'm looking at your goddamn projections, and he projects better than Devontae Adams, right? Yeah. So, so to me, that's that's the that's the thing that as a content creator, not as a DFS player, I could give a fuck about it. You know, if anything, it benefits me. But as a content creator, it it it's a pet peeve of mine because it just it just it makes people look bad. It makes the it makes any it. It comes back to me of, well, who do I like? And I go, well, look at the projections. Yeah. And then they go, well, I, I, I watch all these other shows and read this, all this stuff. And they, they don't say, look at the projections. They tell me. I said, yeah. yeah, but the stuff that they tell you should be in their, in their projections. Maybe their projections mm-hmm. are slightly different and maybe have different be, but it should be reflected in the same thing. And when it isn't, it kind of pisses me off as a content creator. And so it's such a uh, perfect segue into uh, I don't know if you watch Lowell's with Brick and, and 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 Peter, but I really like listening to Brick. He's also like opened up a lot more lately about uh, DFS and DFS process, and it's been really really insightful. But he and this is like the like this is something that you know and that and then I've even know, but the way he said it I thought was was really powerful. He was basically like 
at the end of the day, this is all like guesswork, mm-hmm. right? And and that that phrase has just like it's ingrained in my brain, and it actually has really really helped me think think about not necessarily this exact thing, but just like DFS in general. Just like it's all guesswork. Like what he's doing is like a, about ten million times more precise than than what I do. But his is still it's still he's he's guessing. We're all we're all we're all guessing, whoever can right? guess the best wins. Who, yeah, whoever guesses guesses long the run. best and play long run and and plays the game the best right. right that's what we're trying to do um you know and so this this idea though of guesswork to me is what drives all of this no so cardi is the opposite Car like cardi is still doing get all everything is guesswork right but but cardi is like this is my process the this these are the inputs this is what it is right mike davis is a is a good play he's like cardi could be like i I watch football too yes i think mike davis sucks but guess what this is what it is i there's nothing i can do about it he is a good play you don't have to like it right if he's gonna get if he's gonna get 60 percent of the snaps if he's gonna get 15 carries and three to four targets on the falcons versus the the washington football team at home with this team total with their run pass and the pace of the game, like take out Mike Davis and put in literally any name in there. Put in Cordero Patterson. <laughs> right. If Cordell <laughs> Patterson, right, right. Cordell Patterson is seeing 25% of the, I mean, like, like yeah. that type of thing, like, but that, but that's, but isn't that the point that I'm making of like, yeah. And so, wh- so why would it be different? Thing. Yeah. So this, so this guesswork thing, I think is there is still it maybe more and and maybe you might disagree on this but i feel like in nfl more than any other sport there is people are more willing to input this human element and with the understanding that these projections are like not flawed right but like you can't fit every nuance of of the of football like with the small samples that we have right um with with everything you know with with how good the player is right so like people just question in football more than in, like nobody really questions an nba projection no, no like, it really it just, it's just the complete it, opposite in nba it's it, almost like, as the projection is the projection cool. and don't even bother yeah. so you actually have more you actually have more outs to just being like uh actually this projection might be wrong in nba you know even though whether you believe that or not you know questioning the projections in nba versus in nfl people will question even whatever their projection says, right? They'll be like, no, I see the matchup is awesome for Odell. Look at all the targets he got last week. Look how good he's been for his entire career, blah, 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 right? And so it becomes double counting or like, because you know that it's guesswork, putting together that, it's like a, a Levitan call, like I'm not saying Levitan calls it for this Odell thing, but he's like coined the phrase, right? I know better. Right. And and he, and he uses that sometimes. And sometimes that's fine. Like I do that too. Like sometimes it's fine to be like, no, this is what the projection says, but I don't agree with it. And that's okay. But to, to your point, like when we're talking about, we're, we're narrowing down like a, a, a cash game pool. I do think we have like started to reach the point where, and not even just around a, a cash game pool, but we have sites like ETR sites, like Roto grinders sites, like Roto NBC sports edge sites, like, you know, whoever, right. Um, Osimo, you know, talking about this play, this is the highest leverage play. Odell and the Vikings are the best GPP. That's the best GPP game of the week. And you talk about that all week. And then you also have like kind of more of the football guys on staff, right? Talking about why this is such a good spot for Odell, right? Oh, he looked awesome in his first game back. You know, he actually should have done better, but he was just winded, right? There's all the football takes. And those are, those are totally reasonable football takes. 
But I feel like people are willing to apply these these column narrative, right? Call them the human element of of things. And, and take the fact that these projections are a little bit more of guesswork and apply this kind of nuance or I know better mentality to football specifically. Like, and like you said, NBA, it's like the opposite. Everybody's just like, oh, who's the best play? Who gets, well, this guy is a, you know, 8X uh, multiplier on his salary. He's the best play. No one questions it. But in football, it's like, no, oh, like I watched the game or, or I think that the projection is wrong on Odell. And 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 he's in that happens not a lot in, in general, still the you know, the best projections are the highest owned plays or or whatever. But we see this every every so often. And I almost feel like we're seeing it more. Again, I know you've been you were talking a lot more about cash games, but pivoting it to tournaments a little bit more. You we see this, right? It's really funny because Overzet tweeted it. Um he made the full tout transition uh, the other day and tweeted out like, here are the sneaky plays or whatever for this week that that everybody thinks are sneaky tournament plays and so in fact they're not going to be sneaky at all and he said oh he mentioned odell right. and i and, and and i was like you're yeah odell robbie and he was like a hertz a hertz skinny stack and i was like yeah i was like yeah you're absolutely right you nailed it and then i think he played all those <laughs> like he I, he I know he played odell and stuff but but i was like that's absolutely true and so we've kind of made this crazy transition into a lot of what I like what's kind of talking about with the people are willing to, you know, question the projections and do the I know better thing um, with still very projections focused. But there's just a like here and there. There are those spots. And it's usually paired with like this is the best GPP game of the week or, you know, uh, you know everybody, you know, we have to pivot off of Amari Cooper because he's going to be chalky and there's Odell for 200 less at you know, half the ownership or whatever. And that then like then the next thing you see. Odell's like the highest on wide receiver but, but, of, of the slate. But what you're describing is truthfully not what not what top DFS players do. Correct. Like like we go back to, to Brian, Brick. Dude, he has his process, he runs it through. There's he doesn't even watch the games. I mean, like, like either OBJ is a project like there's no there's most of the if you look at the top players, like it's it's more of what I'm talking about of like mm-hmm. the numbers are the numbers. I'm going to run simulations. I'm going to spit out 150 lineups and then I'm going to go to brunch. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like that is what it is. So it, unless it's reflected in, unless it could be actually quantified, even though we're still dealing with fragile ranges of outcomes, like yeah. it's at least it should be, it should be that. So like, I give the example of like, like you're, you're saying like oh, OBJ, all the narrative on there. I literally heard no one, I don't think I heard a single fucking person talk about Deontay Johnson at 6,200 with Claypool no. out facing the Packers, uh, probably because uh, Ben Roethlisberger's washed and he can only throw the ball three yards, right? Like that, <laughs> and J- J- Jair Alexander. People love the But Deontay the, Johnson uh, isn't an outside. Re- I mean, like the, the Steelers don't plays, run an He op- plays out. He plays. Yeah, yeah but, but they don't matter. throw the ball 20 yards. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> throws the ball six yards. But I'm just I'm just saying that that the difference Agreed. between I the diff even if you're gonna say that OBJ should be higher projected than Deontay Johnson, it's not significant enough where uh, there's eight hours of discussion on OBJ and and yeah. someone that maybe throw in uh, Deontay Johnson if you want to get you know if you play like like that that's what I'm talking about or or people mm-hmm. calling here's here's a funny one uh, I, I I think you'll appreciate this this is kind of we're we're kind of dunking on ourselves a little bit. <laughs> 
Uh, easy to do for me right now. After that, especially <laughs> after the third touchdown, Cordell Patterson, like people calling on who are the people that played Cordell Patterson? Those slap dicks, right? <laughs> slap dicks, yeah. numb nuts, all that. Did. Uh, the guy only plays like 26% of the snaps, <laughs> right? He only plays 26% of the snaps. And in week four, he converts that into three touchdowns. Isn't that, the, isn't that the same when everyone played Rondell Moore in week two? A hundred percent. Right? A hundred percent. And countless other guys similar. We will make the excuse when it fits our narrative, right? But like, I actually brought this up yesterday with 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 Gretch. He, he was he was mad at me because uh, uh, I brought up CPAT and I was like, I think people are gonna play Mike Davis at this because I'm looking at projections, right? I think people are I, like, I'm not saying play Cordero Patterson on DraftKings, but I'm like, why is he really that different from all of these other guys, uh, you know, in this in this DraftKings range? But everybody has decided his he's not sustainable. He can't keep doing this, right? right but Adam, decided, Adam Thielen's not sustainable. You can't play him yeah, ever. Yeah, but Rondale, but wait till Rondale gets more snaps. That's the narrative. Wait till right? Andy like, Isabella finally gets out there. <laughs> hey, listen, that Andy Isabella 80-yard touchdown last year was one of the greatest moments of my uh, fantasy football career. There's I got always, to enjoy but, you, but you realize there's always one guy every year that's like that. But but it, it every every single year, and I always the the I always seem to fall on that uh, that landmine. But like, it is so funny though, right? Like we make the narrative stick for Odell. We make the narrative, like, play to our favor for Rondale Moore. Just he's going to continue getting better, right? He's a rookie. He's going to play more snaps as the season goes on. Maybe I'm, it's a reasonable take, right? I, I've said that like a best ball over the offseason. I'm like, draft the younger guys because as the season goes on, they'll get better. I agree with that general premise, but we don't get to pick and choose when it applies to every single other player. And so CPAT, I know he didn't. You know, it's not like he played more this week. But it's like, who on this offense has earned more snaps, do you think, on the Falcons? Not Mike Davis, not Kyle Pitts. It's, Russell Gage is dust. I mean, I guess Ridley, but he already plays every snap. Who earned more snaps? Cordell Patterson. He's the only one doing anything on the on the whole offense. And people are like, nope, can't can't do it. But got to play Rondale Moore. Wait till Rondale Moore, you know, gets gets more snaps. Wait till Terrace Marshall gets gets more snaps. And it's like, you know, we pick and choose when when to apply. The non-project that, that, that kind of going back to like the projection thing is we choose when to when to do the I know better thing. And I'm not even saying it's wrong because I do a little bit of that. Like you talked about uh, the tags in line in lineup HQ. I do conviction plays in lineup HQ. And my general process is definitely different than yours, but it is. It is one like leverage plays, right? Like I, I like to always like to use the okay. Devonte Adams is forty percent, and Aaron Jones is ten percent. Like mm, I think this one looks pretty, looks you know pretty pretty straightforward. Or I am kind of trying to spot where, not necessarily where I think the projections are wrong, but either where they're like most fragile, or maybe where I think that there's more ups. So Corey Davis was one. Corey Davis and Darnell Mooney were two of them I did this week because I thought that the upside, like basically the ceiling was higher than what we were. We were saying, and probably the floor was was higher than what we were saying. But I was giving reasons, basically, as to why some of the inputs to the projections could be different, or you know, uh, a, you know, a high leverage guy, basically, is I'm trying to find these high leverage plays based on X, Y, Z, and so, um, like doing that, I do do a little bit of the like. I know I know better type of thing, but it's from this like tournament angle. It wouldn't be for Odell, who's the highest on white. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like you wouldn't be pushing for Odell in tournaments if you 
you know, realize he's actually going to end up being, you know, like he was like 25% in the the big, the mega millionaire or whatever, you know, the 4,000. I mean, he was absurdly owned, like seriously absurdly owned. And so, um, you know, it's, it, it is a very, very, I, fi- I found it to be the most fascinating part of kind of, of, of DFS right now is because I do think it's very, very projection focused um, as it should be. And ownership generally follows the projection. But like we get those situations. Sometimes we get, you know, the situations like Cooper Cup, like that he definitely projects better, not this week, but in past weeks. Like he definitely projects better. He's gonna be he's gonna be quite a bit, quite a bit more owned. Okay, that's that's interesting. Let's look at, at you know pivots or whatever. And then we get situations like this week where there was like, yeah, I mean, how many have you named, right? There's 20 wide receivers. Well, why why wasn't uh, I your does your point, does that apply to to me? Am I, am I, would I be out of line to say that DJ Moore this past week was the equivalent of Cooper Cup last week? DJ yes, Moore should yes. be a $7,800 wide receiver. Yes. Yet, for some odd reason, Cooper Cup was fine. Like last week, you had to jam, like Cooper Cup at 6,800 was, I mean, he was 33% owned. I mean, he was like mega owned. And DJ Moore, I think to me, I think DJ Moore and Cooper Cup are the equal. I mean, in I have, those offenses. I, I know people don't care about this, but I'm literally in the midst of updating my like in-season rankings for for Spike Week. Uh, Coop, DJ Moore is right behind Coop. They're they're to, to to your point. I have them like literally right next to each other. They're basically the same player to me. Do you uh, th- so yeah. Do you think the reason why he wasn't? And I, I mean, he still was one of the highest on wide receivers. But I mean, I expect I I would have expected. 25, 30% ownership on DJ Moore. That's what I, I forced him in. I forced him in cash. The the first run that I made on, on DraftKings actually didn't have DJ Moore because I'm using the blitz. And I forced DJ Moore in, in cash on all sites, uh, no matter what, because I, that was my expectation. I'm like, I don't really give a shit what 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 the optimal runs here. Like I have to have DJ Moore because every every single person's gonna have DJ Moore. And then like you said, you show up in tournaments and I was I was like I was like mad at myself. I'm like I I just should have played Darnold and DJ Moore. This was an easy game. I just like why did I make it but, so but difficult? But do you, do you like, think that 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 it's due that narrative is going the other way of like DJ Moore isn't isn't an alpha. DJ yeah. Moore doesn't catch touchdowns, right? We have the from and this is not a this, this is a previous that's we're we're comparing DJ Moore in an offense that was uh had Teddy Bridgewater or Kyle Allen with uh, with, with uh, Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel in it. Yep. Okay. And then we're go- now we're going to an offense with a D- Sam Darnold, who, despite what some people think, I think is an actually an above average quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was stuck on the Jets, uh, and now he has no McCaffrey. <laughs> he has a rookie running back that obviously they're not going to give that much of a workload to him. Uh, and he's competing for targets with Robbie Anderson, who essentially has become a field stretcher, mm-hmm. and Terrence Marshall, who is essentially the the fifth option on the team that gets the he get if he happens to he's get it fine, right? He's a fine. He's whatever. He's fine, right? So it's like not like what what's dude Cooper Cup has Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, and Van Jefferson, and Van Jefferson's actually drawing more of a target share. Than, than people think, and he's 3,900 and people didn't play him. Uh, and a good running game. And, and a, a good, good running and a game. And a good running game. Right. As opposed to the Panthers currently. Uh, 
Why you've no Cooper Cup seventy eight hundred? Oh, I have no problem with that. DJ Moore, like DJ Moore. I mean, it's the same thing. Devont, if he was the same price as Devonte Adams, I, 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 you always put Adams above him, right? But you could also say the same. I mean, truthfully, you could say the same thing with Debo Samuel. Yeah. I mean, like, like other than the fact that the 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 disconnect with Samuel is that. 49ers, Shanahan, run first offense. Jimmy G sucks, right? Deontay Johnson, mm-hmm. he can't play. Ben is awful. He's washed, right? Stafford, though, Stafford's so much better than Goff. So, obviously, Cooper Cup is his favorite receiver now, right? Even though Woods has gotten plenty of targets. Wood, that mm-hmm. He's just not good targets, actually. It seems yeah. like Cooper Cup is just, for two games, was just open miraculously, and Woods yes. is always in this matchup where he's catching balls like with a half foot separation while he's slanting across the field. <laughs> uh, people are already like halfway through the game in the Rams game. People are like, is, uh, I guess Robert Woods isn't a thing anymore. Like who says, like, dude, he outscored Cooper Cup, <laughs> right? Right. He got the touchdown, right? He actually yep. had, he had more, he, he, Cooper Cup had more targets, but it was a very inefficient offense. But 13 like deep, targets and five and five catches. They right. were they were bad. The Rams were really bad yesterday. But people want to make Brandon Ayuk happen, and Debo Samuel's Debo Samuel is the alpha. How come we have no problem talking about Terry McLaurin as the alpha with with in, an, in with quarterbacks that are even worse, right? And like you know, Debo Samuel, well, Kittle's there, and Ayuk, and they run the ball a lot. It's like like. Dude, the numbers say that. Like, when people were surprised. I heard, I heard some people on Twitter or whatever. I was surprised how old Debo Samuel was. Dude, he was like the fourth highest, best projected wide receiver on the entire slate. Like, your numbers should have told you that. And then some, it, and some people would say, yeah, the numbers told me that, but I know better. Yeah, that's right? what it, I mean, that's what it is, right? It is, it is, we pick and choose, which I know we're doing that thing again, but, it, but it's in a little different context is we pick and choose when to adjust our priors when 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 can we say that dj moore is is this level of alpha when can we say like what about brandon Ayuk? what about when can we say debo is 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 this guy and then on the flip side right like like you said okay we so we've seen it for a year with terry mclaurin or whatever i'm i'm pick, I'm, I'm just throwing shit out there right we've seen it we not oh but cooper cup did it and he had like you said he has matthew stafford uh, and, and he's got like one more target or whatever than, than DJ Moore. Like, it's so silly, but, uh, like Cooper cup. Yep. Confirmed Cooper cup is now an $8,000 wide receiver. And I think he probably, and I think he is, but like, why isn't DJ Moore? Why isn't, why isn't Debo Samuel? And then people will counter with like, well, yeah, like you said, Brandon Ayuk is there and George Kittle is there. He's not going to keep this up. Well, why is Cooper cup going to keep it up? What's the difference? Why, why, you know, why is, uh, quite frankly, look at, look at Tyreek. I mean, we know how good Tyreek is, so I get that. Like, I'm not questioning, obviously, anything about Tyreek Tyreek Hill. But he had two. He's had two horrible games, and then two insane games. He has games where he doesn't. He's not the target dominator at all. He's kind of a like for, for as good as he is. He's actually a little bit more gadget is not the right word, you know. But he's a specific archetype of a player that isn't just Devonte. You know, Devonte is just going to be Devonte. Like it, n- nothing really matters for Devonte for Devonte Adams. Um, but, but the cut, and the so, cut, I think the Cowboys, I think people, I think we've had enough evidence after four games. Uh, the Cowboys are the Seahawks now. As in, like, as in uh, 
As only in, one like, guy. No, no. As far as what, going into this season, what was what was the the what what did we think? We're well, going to go back to the games, it, right? Right. We're yeah, going back to the games where Dak played last year, and they're yeah. chucking the ball. They're throwing the ball fifty times, and in the first game, which they were down, they, they and, Dak threw fifty eight. I think fifty eight passes. And playing the Bucks, who everyone that that's what again, if you listen to to people much much smarter than than I, and it's and that the data backs it up. You just don't run on Tampa, right? New England they had negative rushing yards. Last last night against you can't run on that team, so everyone just throws right. The Rams threw it fifty something times, the Patriots threw it fifty something times. That's all everyone does, and so we latched. That was confirmation bias, like to to like the maximum, right? Everyone they, everyone's like, oh, you could double stack Dak. He could support two six k wide every receivers. Week, right? Yep. And now you you play you play him, and it's like Zeke, and then Zeke is washed, right? Yeah. And Dak's gonna chuck the ball, and the past three games. Like we see Dak Prescott with Russell Wilson like mm-hmm. passing lines, and you see Lamb and Cooper with Metcalf and Lockett passing lines. Because when you play T- uh, Tyler Lockett, it's not like you're expecting ten targets. When right. you play Metcalf, you're not expecting ten targets. You're Metcalf. You're expecting six targets, 130 yards, because <laughs> he's taking one to the house. Yep. Same for lot. I mean, just because that's the way the Seahawks play. They're going to run the ball or they're going to throw the ball over 25 yards. So that's why you get the Russell Wilson 20 for 26, 355 yards and five, <laughs> five touchdowns, right? Like, like the very, the efficient games like mm-hmm. that. But typically they don't support double stacks. And now right. we have CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and people may treat them as if like, how do you not play CeeDee Lamb next week at 6,100 or 6,200? Like he's averaging, you know, eight targets a game. But it's like, is this is the offense the way it is? Now, if you have some type of mathematical process of regressing the data, the the pro- projections will just do it for you. It'll 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 mm-hmm. go lower and lower and lower and lower. It could just be the past three weeks have been the outlier. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we they didn't have to throw in the second half. They were up, and they just like they're just gonna. Just play it safe or whatever like that. Which that's the that's the guesswork part, right? Right. Is like how do we like how do we know which is real? And it's probably as usual. It's like somewhere somewhere in between. But I think. But, but I also, think, it, I think more of but the it field. Might not be. But I think more of the field is going to continue to look at at that. Uh, how do you not play the how do you, the Cowboys have a twenty seven implied total? How do we not you know? And Zeke will be seven percent owned. The receivers will be eighteen percent owned, and Zeke will yep. get twenty five points and be like. And Pollard will get a touchdown, and people will look and go with their dick in their hand, going like, "Oh, but but yep. but they throw the ball." Like, dude, they haven't. I mean, and but we could be wrong. We could be right. Like like we said last week, I just want to be on whatever side of the market is to overconf like the other side of the overconfidence. Yep. So we're talking about the same things, like like from a project in GPPs. That's why all my complaint about the projections versus content thing. It's primarily for cash games. Well, who are the good plays? Well, right. if you if you write an article that has all the good plays and I run your optimal and like they're, they're, I can't run the top 50 without getting one of them, then they aren't the best plays. Either the projections yeah. are bad or, I mean, do something. But in GPPs, obviously you're now comparing it to ownership, right? So now, yep. now the best plays, if everyone thinks that the Cowboys, oh, they're run first and now... Zeke is 20% owned. 
and Amari Cooper's sitting there at four percent owned, and I I play I go maybe maybe they go back to being pass heavy and right. <laughs> yep. Look at the Bengals, dude. That for the week before week one, people looked at those Bengals prices and go Chase, right? Boyd, uh, Higgins, they were all cheap and Burrow's cheap. Like, dude. Dude, they're going to be throwing the ball. That's my whole timeline. Yeah, that's right. my whole timeline like, with everybody. We're going to stack these guys up. They're, they're going to throw the ball 50 times. They come in, and they're the most run-heavy team in the NFL now. By, by, like, a, by, by like, a lot. Large like margin. That, like, uh, yeah. Right, but people, but I, I guarantee you, there's still some people that, you know, uh, showdown slate or something, oh, i got to play these guys, and maybe, I'm not saying we're right or they're wrong, and, and but... You're you're still you're you're guessing at some point, but the thing about what I agree with with Brian, and I think when he was talking about guesswork, I think he was talking about more about how much leverage and correlation matter. Correct. In comparison Correct. to projection, it's not guesswork of the inputs. The inputs yeah. are the inputs, and whatever comes out, it comes out. It's but they primarily are still. They are, everything is still like even the inputs you're putting yeah, in. But once this you, is what I, I, I get what you're saying, Eric. But once you put them in. You're done. Right. So right. if you put but, them in and OBJ comes out as the 16th highest ranked receiver, maybe correct. you should eliminate them from your fucking cash plays article. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, if you put in the, you're the one putting in the inputs, and if he ends up being in, in your, then fine. I get it. Yeah. I mean, like, Davis is even on the fucking sports grid shit. Yeah, Mike Davis is coming in in half our optimals, but I ain't playing him. It's like... Well, he has to be a viable play, either either that or you're really bad at... You can't just disregard mm-hmm. one thing or another. But when it comes to leverage and correlation, that's the, that's the, the number one question that I get asked now is how much projection should I give up for X amount of ownership? And I go, yeah, that, 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 not, that number, that's what Brian is talking about when it comes to guess. Yeah. That, like, and that's why he wins. And that's well, because why he, he has a process. Because he, to, he, he's it, better at it, yeah. Right, his, 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 uh, his system... His simulations will already will determine that for him. He doesn't have to guess. Me, yeah. I'm guessing, and I think that I could be me and you could be directionally accurate enough that we're gonna be more we're gonna be right way more often than most people in the field. Anyway, when I play two hundred line, I play two hundred lineups. May, maybe I make twenty or thirty bad ones. Maybe twenty or thirty yeah. of them is like I, I right. those those are actually minus EV lineups. But the, the rest are great, right? Yeah. So maybe I sacrifice, you know, if I'm building 150, maybe I have 20 bad lineups. But I'm always going to have an attrition rate of 15, 15% of my lineups are going to be, you know, if you did this a more precise way, you wouldn't have ended up on these 15 lineups. But it's not the type of thing where if I, if I did it, if I, that I'm ending up on 120 bad lineups, right? Yeah, That's right. what, like, if you're not directionally accurate. And I've seen, and I've seen some people that, you know, oh, I'm working with, they want to know the settings. And I go, I'm not getting good lineups and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I played three weeks and I don't know. And I go, okay, let me take, let me, just show me your exposures from this past week. You played the mini max or something, 150. And I take a look at their exposures and I just wonder how they even got to these places. I just, I just, I just, so 56% Kadarius Tony. And I go, <laughs> how did that, like, like he didn't project well. Like you didn't, like what, how would you, how did you get there? Like I look at all and I go, yeah, you're building really bad lineups. Like, like, and you and you're using projections. I like, I, I literally have to say, I don't, I don't, need, I, you'd have to record how you get to this spot because I, I don't even know how you get there. Yeah. Right. It's like, 
Like, dude, oh uh, yeah, yeah. The optimizer was giving me a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Tony Engram stacks, and I go with with what? Like, do you make your own projections? No. Said what? Uh, I use the gridiron IQ projections on roto grinders. So how the fuck are you getting? Did you purposely <laughs> want Daniel Jones? No, I wanted like ten percent Daniel Jones lineups. And I go how. How do you get 56% Kadarius Tony? I mean, like, <laughs> like I, but that's what I'm talking. Like to me, that's, that's how people fuck up using optimize. Like I, I just, mm-hmm. I, and I've seen that plenty of times where people get to places and I go, I, I don't, I don't know. And you get the other way. Also, you get the, I, I have 78% uh, 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 Westbrook Akine, right? Cause it just jams in the right. And they don't yeah. realize that that's, that's probably not a good idea to do. Uh, it looks good median wise, but like from a fucking ceiling and, and ownership perspective is awful. But, but that's, but that's, to me, that's the type of, that's the guess. To me, that's the game. To me, that's the game. Yep. And Brian, a lot of, most top players actually have a more precise, you know, computer programming driven methodology of mm-hmm. determining that. But then, then, but the thing is, they don't question. It. I remember Brian having a stream last year. Whereas top lineups had Naeem Hines, and this is when Jonathan, this is Naeem Hines was, you know, like, okay, when Jonathan Taylor's hurt, you play him. But other than that, you don't play $4,400 Naeem Hines, getting 40% of the snaps, and that's it. And people on the stream were like, Naeem Hines, he's in your best four out of five lineups. He's 1% owned. And Brian goes, I don't even, like, it's like he doesn't even know who he is. Right? Mm-hmm. Just like, well, that's, that's what it is. It is, like, he's doing the same thing as Cardi. It is. It is what it is. Like yeah. th- the same the same system that I that I've used to make tons of money over multiple years. I put these numbers in and I get these lineups out. So what how what is I know better? I that's the point that that's the and that's the point that Brian's making with the guesswork of like he's 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 built a way where he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't have to guess. He his system is profitable. He just puts it in and lineups come out and where you go? I talked to Nerdy Tenor. Like he doesn't, he just he takes the blitz projections. He takes whatever aggregate. He has his own simulation methodology. He runs simulation of the contest. He has anti-competitive algorithms and whatever. And then yep. he like, like randomly chooses 150 lineups at a certain diversification to try to be as balanced as possible. And then just like boom, that's it. So if you asked him, it's like, well, why did you play this guy? Like, there's no like the inputs are the inputs. So like, if you want to argue about the inputs. Yeah, that's perfectly fine with me. If you if yep. if if there if if we have an argument, if there's an argument on like OBJ versus Amari Cooper, and it's like, well, OBJ I think is going to have a 27 percent target share, and go, no, it's going to be 32. And you go, well, I think he historically has a 74 percent cash rate. It's like, well, in this game, I think he'll have an 82. Like then his projection starts moving up. Mm-hmm. So if you've already gotten those inputs, like, and you've agreed to that. Then the then the number's the number. Yep. So so what's the I know? So so tell me, if you're if you're the one putting in the inputs and you know better, quote unquote, then why isn't the number better? Then the number still is the number. I mean, I've said this to, to even JM when I uh, had him on the show. I said, me and you don't do anything differently other than the fact of like, like imagine if if J who who knows the NFL better than me. He wrote the NFL Edge for Roto Grinders for years. Mm-hmm. It's uh, ridiculously long. End up getting to very similar lineups anyway, and yep. and I just and I just tell him it's like like he acts like I do something crazy. Like like no, all I'm doing is like you know all the words that you said to describe why this guy's a good play. Put a number on it, 
Right? Just, just put a number on it. Mm-hmm. 24. Okay, great. Now go to the next player. In comparison to that guy, is that how much better repl- uh, this 22? So now just put all the numbers on all the players. You, you analyze all that. Well, there you go. Like, like you don't even have to do any type of projection variable. Just put numbers on players, right? How much better are they? And then once you have those numbers, just remove the players' names, right? And then now you just, now you just filling lineups out with ownership and, and numbers. Like it's, there's, there's no difference in that. And if you're going to be the ones that put in the input, like it still comes down. To, I, I, I'm still flummoxed by this, Eric. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. The people that are putting in the inputs are still getting a poor projection of someone that they think is going to break the slate. That's I I I don't understand. I don't understand. At least with James, he just fucked. He just he just said screw it. I'm giving OBJ a seven million percent target. I don't know how he gets to that. <laughs> Odell is Devontae Adams. I don't give a shit right, what you guys right. have but to say. To me, I'm I'm less upset. I'm I'm less. Uh, annoyed by that because it's like, well, fucking, it's just, it, are you projecting all the receivers the same way that you're projecting Odell Beckham? Yes. Said, are you giving him whatever you think? Yes. Okay. Then like, you don't agree. You're eight points better than fucking anywhere I've ever seen. <laughs> but I mean, you're at least going by your own number. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, I know. I, I don't think anyone knows. I don't think anyone knows better. No. And I think, a, a little bit of that, and this is strictly my opinion, you know, coming out, out of my ass is with some of the projections, you know, they're a multi-man process at every, you know, knowing a little bit how, well, besides, you know, car, I don't know what Cardi's process is because I, I don't ever get to see behind the scenes or anything with, with the blitz, but how they go at, at you know, this is a multi-person process. There's multiple, you know, people providing inputs at the end of the day. Like you said, that conversation is a, this is a way too oversimplified way of, of discussing it. Right. But someone says 20, put it a 28% target share and someone else says, put it 30 and someone else says, you know, put this play volume in. And the other person says, put this play volume in. Right. And you end up on a number like, right. Like you said, you end up on a, a number. And so I think there's a little bit sometimes of like hedging on some of these, some of these things. And, and, and I do see that a little bit with like the, 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 the rotor grinder stuff. We'll see. It's, it's, what do you mean by hedging? I don't understand what, what, by by bumping up a projection just for the sake of it. Not, not, I know better on Odell Beckham. He's the best player of the slate. I'm not saying that's what anybody has, has, has said here. Right. I I believe in what, in what James said. Right. That this is right. this is me telling this this fake story. I believe in what James said about Odell Beckham. He's the best player of the slate. He's the second highest raw points projection of the slate. He he's a smash. But I can't put that out there because of X X X Y Z because uh that's because it's you know, crazy. Because it is crazy. <laughs> right. right. I mean that 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 that's kind of it. You like seriously think about it. If you put that out there and as Odell is the second highest raw point, I know James did, but like you know, if Roto Grinders did that or something, people would be like, uh, excuse me, what? Like that that that's crazy to me. Um but and if I anything, feel, it would be the yeah. other way around. As in if anything, people... Odell be- it, it it it's the Mike da- to me it's more it more it happens more like the Mike Davis thing. Guy Definitely. projects well, and people are like I can't click on that name, so I'm going to say yeah. Even though our stuff says that Mike Davis is like the second best running back play on the slate, uh, we're not going to put him on our cash playlist. Right? I mean, like, I, like yep. it's ha- it's more likely that happens than the because at least the project like 
the the content is is editable. Like is like that, to, at the end of the day, it's just an opinion. It's just a this is this is what I think. But the numbers are the numbers. So unless mm-hmm. you're going to give Mike Davis only a twenty percent carry share, which you had, then have obviously Cordell Patterson's projection starts going up then because someone's going <laughs> to yeah. unless you think Wayne Gallman's taking half of the carries. Like it has to go like with a projection system, you have to you have to equal one hundred percent no matter what. So it's hard, much harder to manipulate that. Yet an article, you could say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. But the thing is, the, the thing is, is that it's more it's more likely that that it's more. Would you agree with me or not? It's more likely that the projections know better than you do. Oh yeah, they, it, almost. Almost always, uh, I, I, and, espe- and especially if you're the one putting in the that, that's the key, Eric. I I just want to make it clear to people that are listening. I don't make my own projections. So when I say I trust the projections, I'm essentially trusting the people that put them together. So that yeah. also put in the input. That's the reason why I'll get an aggregate because I don't just want Cardi. I want every because mm-hmm. I'm not putting in the inputs. I'm talking about you should trust if you're putting in the inputs and the inputs come out X, Y, and Z, well, why wouldn't you tr- trust the number that, why wouldn't you trust the number that comes out? The number comes out and, and says that Jacoby Brissett is, and the Jacoby Brissett and Devontae Parker actually show up in optimal lineups. Maybe not all of them or something like that. You can't just go no ways. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to write about them. I'm not going to tell anyone. Like, dude, anyone that's using a site is going to lose your projections and go, and go, why aren't we playing Jacoby Brissett in, in the, like, in the lineup? Like, you're the ones that put it in. So yeah, either, you're, you, either you're wrong or you're ignoring your own inputs. Yeah, I totally random side note. I think early, I, when I made a dummy cash team early this week, on one of the sites, I think Jacoby Brissett showed up in that. Well, I, I locked... Uh, uh, I forget. It was like early this week because I, I I was going to put a dummy cash team. I think I saw Cardi tweet something about figuring out how to jam uh, Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey or something like that this this week. And so I went I went in to make a dummy cash team and clicked lineup HQ and locked <laughs> Kelsey, uh, Devontae and Derrick Henry. And I think it gave me J- Jacoby Brissett, which obviously that was not ended up that wasn't the optimal jamming all three of those guys. In but to to your point, that is a, a interesting kind of uh, little funny side story about like okay nobody talked about Jacoby Brissett this week, but like there was ways he made it into your optimal lineups. Well, feel I so, mean like, eventually it becomes fields, right? Because right, right. Dalton was was yeah this that. was like Monday to Tuesday or something like that. So that became fields like you said, but you know what I mean. You you get what I'm saying, and I think it became Heineke. It would actually became yeah little, Heineke, uh, Heineke did what I I guarantee you people. I guarantee you people played, clicked on some Heineke stuff for cash. cash games and like, there's no way I play Taylor Heineke in cash, but your numbers would I, tell you to do so. I played, I played Heineke in cash. It was, uh, uh, because I didn't, I, cause I didn't play, uh, Westbrook. Westbrook. Uh, yeah. I was, uh, Utah, you said like you listened and uh, I said, I said that money. Did you play Mooney in cash on DraftKings? No, but I made, I made money. I, I, I made but money. I just thought there's so. a $700 difference and the 700 between Prescott and Heineke. I, so I thought that maybe that you were doing that. I was so I was being stubborn already on fading Westbrook. I didn't want to like take it to I I I usually have too much overconfidence in like the Darnell Moonies. And then uh, KJ Hamler week happened and and 
kept my ego in check on the 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 shitty punt wide receivers and so i was like I have too much Darnell Mooney or too much money on Darnell Mooney already. Let's not have my entire week on uh, on on this guy. And now, obviously, I wish. I mean, I I did well in cash. I didn't have as good of a score as you did, but I think I scored like one hundred and fifty or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, that would that was, swept everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I, but like I said, I was just being stubborn on. I, I, and that's where I will do that a, a little bit. Right, wrong, indifferent. I've gotten better about. Um, again, like you said, just kind of I I trust the inputs as it relates to cash games, because I've figured out who I trust and what sources and everything that I trust. I will sometimes do that Westbrook thing. And it is also knowing what I'm like, I'm willing to admit this is me doing the I know better thing, but this is also my money. And I don't, I didn't want to put my money behind, behind that. But I also, but it wasn't, but it wasn't the play, Eric. Like you still played a lineup that projected about the same as close enough. Like we're we're not talking about, that's why I said, if you played Mooney, you actually played a lower project. You you had Correct. to sacrifice a pro- projection. That, I had no punts on my team. Well, right, but I'm saying that if you would have played Mooney and Cash, that would have been I know better. Yes, by by not. I'm going to play instead of playing a lineup that projects for 145.1. I'm going to play a lineup that projects for 144.98. That has no Westbrook. Like to me, that's that's not going yeah. against the project. You're sacrificing marginal amounts. But if you're going to be like. Well, I'm, I don't mind sacrificing six points total to get Mooney and OBJ in. Like, then, then what? What's the point of using any projections? Then you might as well just yep. just play whatever the hell you want. At that, it's point, also you obviously it's also better. it's also what's the point of playing cash games where there's a person who uh, uh, not trying to call this individual out, but in one of the discords that I'm in, that will come in on a slate and like as soon as it locks and post like. Here's my cash game team. Look, so and so's two percent in cash, and so and so's four percent in That's cash. That's not good. And and every week, and then like and then like the guy will score two touchdowns or something, and right. it's like, look at that, look at that. I, and I'm like, like I'm trying to explain it to you about why that was the absolute wrong way to use your money on the individual player. I'm like, you could have swept cash without ever having to expose yourself to that much to that much risk, and you could have just. If he's 2% in cash, guess what? He's probably super low owned in tournaments too. And you actually have the upside to win real money when you're right about him. Like, why are you, why are you doing that? So why are you doing, again, going back to, I, I, this is not, and I, if I know Levitan doesn't listen to this, but anybody that like, this is not a slight on, Levitan has the phrase, right? I, I know better. And I think it's a good phrase. And I, and so it fits this, this thing. And this isn't a slight on anybody, but like doing too much of that I know better to the Mooney example, like you said, like if I had done that, like, okay, you're giving up five points plus just because you wanted to be stubborn about, about this thing that you think you, you, you know better. And you might end up right every once in a while. I might've ended up right. Right. If I did that with yeah, the Mooney you're not gonna be, You're not going to be right 55% but long term, of the time. Yeah, no, you're not going to do it. And, and, and th- when you only have 17 weeks, you know, I guess like plus playoffs and stuff, I do value like making sure I'm getting my money in good on these cash on these cash teams because it, this isn't NBA. I don't have 300 slates. I don't have 300 slates to play. I can't be fucking around fancy playing, you know, so many of especially, these. Cash especially teams. early in the season when there's softer money. It yes. It's going to kind take, of dries out towards edge. the end. Like in the, in the, in the first four, four to six weeks of NFL, I'm much more likely to go, I'm just going to play the, one of the best projected lineups and let you motherfuckers run me down. Yep. Then once we get to week 15 
and I'm playing, and it, it's getting a little bit more tougher. Then it's more of the the nuance of like, I think this build is slightly better than that build, and this swap is going to be just like fuck it. I mean, I've, I I'm playing primarily head to heads, so I mean, I'm still I'm playing sixty percent head to heads, forty percent double ups, and I look through some of these these, and I'm talking about it at re- like one hundred nines and fifties even, and I'm just like. Like I'm not gonna see I'm not gonna see some of these lineups in week 15. Like no. you yeah. can't sur- you can't survive with with some of the I mean I I mean I could go through some I mean I look for the low numbers at the end of the slate just to give myself an entertainment because sometimes it's low because people swapped and that's a different story. Yeah. So it's like oh they only scored they scored 87 and it's like yeah because they moved from uh, Devontae Adams to Alan Lazard and some other because they had to, they were way behind. But I mean, sometimes I look at I look at lineups that, and just go, well, like this this lineup literally projects thirty points lower than I mean I don't know, I don't know you just bang your head to get this lineup, but that happens more early in mm-hmm. NFL in any sport pretty much than late. So so like you said, you 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 don't want to be I know better and then lose when you could have just literally pressed the optimize button and and won eighty percent of your head dads. Yep. Yeah. Which is something later, that you may like, not be able to do later in the season. Right. And later in the season, you know, I'm sure this is something we'll get into much later. We don't have to like deep dive on week 16 head to head strategy, but that is <laughs> something I will do late, later in the season. Cause to your point, like I will start thinking about like how to leverage again. I, I, I know when I'm posting all my head to heads in week 16, the type of action that I'm getting <laughs> is like, Sometimes you not take stands, right? And not even do like, I know better and give up tons of points. But if there are like two, like if you know what the optimal is and you know, you know, generally what everybody's doing, little things here, little, I will do, I will play the head to head game a little bit more later, later in the season, because like, I know X percent of my opponents are going to be on the same, what, five or six guys in in all my head to heads. And so you have to think through like do I just want to do 2v2 coin flips for for IKEA, you know, this this weekend I don't know if I just want I don't know how I want to play right, that, like, right? but like I have to this, think this this week for instance I if if this was week 16, I wouldn't have played Westbrook and I wouldn't have played Henry. I would have yeah. played a more balanced lineup. But on this week when 65% of my opponents plus are going to be playing Henry, just fuck it, just give me that just just give me that lineup Feel free. Just you make the mistake. Just you fucking just goddamn make the mistake. Don't play Montgomery, right? Don't play DJ Moore. Yep. Don't play Devontae Adams. Just fucking you make. Just like don't play the Lions. Fucking I'm not gonna. Oh, do I play the Lions or do I? Oh, do I go play the Falcons? Like fucking play the Lions. Lions gets two fucking d- defensive scores. I don't want to lose all my money on a fucking thirty five percent on fifty five percent on defense. So just block there. Yep. Block like week sixteen. That's the time when. You know, the later weeks is when you're like, yeah, yeah, everyone's going heavy on this type of construction. It's not even a player. It's like, oh, they're sacrificing a wide receiver spot so they can get up at Henry. It's like, I, I think I could play Trey Sermon in that spot and then play, you know, Robert Woods, and then I'm, I think I'm better. And you and you, you look at the lineups, you know, you run it through, and you go, how much how much points am I am I giving up by doing that? a tenth of a point, right? Like, like you're giving up 0.1 point and like, okay, then, I'm, and it's going to be lower owned. So, you know, those weeks, what you do, you enter more triple ups, you enter more three mans. So like that, that, you, yep. that's, that, that's what I'm thinking more later in the NFL season. Now, like you said, you take a look at some of the stuff in the lobby, just fucking 
prove it. Prove it that you can build say, what yeah, obviously Ben the Better can't. Oh, that guy. Uh, I, I, I still struggle to believe that that's real, but honestly, it's, that's it's, about... It's almost... Imp- it's, uh, it, it's, it's really he, impossible. He's, he's either real or the greatest parody account ever. <laughs> Seriously. And I do... Like, Adam will talk about, like, I, I would believe it's a bit if he didn't just continue losing money right. to everybody. You know? Right, no, right. He lost 50 bucks. He played me in a $50 head-to-head. And he's uh, accusing us of collusion with different lineups. Being so that we funny. don't talk to each other. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that I didn't even realize that I was even in a head-to-head with him at all. <laughs> like, yes, yes, we're colluding together to play the same lineup. Not the same, the, almost the same lineup against you. And then what, splitting the money? And I, dude, I'm like, dude, neither of us, I, I think I think Adam knew he was playing him in a head-to-head. Me, till that tweet, I didn't even know. I don't have any idea who I'm playing and nor do right. I give a shit. Like uh, I have far more important things to look at right. than who I'm playing. But it's the collusion stuff. It's the, it's, it's, I mean, I see this on fa- in face. If you go into Facebook groups that there's a post like this, like at least once a week, Reddit, yeah. Reddit is a little dead now, but like once a, it's, it's the, Oh, there was a math problem. All these 20 people. I was in class with 20 people taking a math test. Right. And they gave me a problem to solve. 19 out of the 20 people all had the same answer. And I had a different one. They all must be cheating. No, it's a math problem. There is only going to be one answer. And in this case, yes, there isn't only going to be one answer, but there's only going to be a very select few answers, right? When it comes to cash games. So like, like that's like, when people say like, well, they had 200 people to choose from and they had the, they, they had the same nine lot. Like, yes, yes. Because there isn't 200 people to choose from. There's like 20. Right. The whole 180, you would never play because their median projection is too low. So it's like this entire conversation. But I, I, the only reason to respond, I know you, you responded to me and said, said, why are you wasting your time? Right. Mm-hmm. The, the two reasons are one, I'm bored and nothing to do. And number <laughs> two, uh, I, it's for other people. I mean, one of the things I, I mean, I don't, I don't discuss lineups with anyone. So like, I don't even yeah. want the connotation that like, oh, I'm in three mans colluding with, because obviously you can't collude in head to heads. I mean, that's just fucking stupid to begin with. But I just, I, I always want to, res- if anyone comes out and say, oh, you're, you lack of integrity. It's like, yeah. it's like to dude, I'm, I'm the most transparent fucking person there is. So like, right. I don't want, I don't want people, I don't want other people that don't know who I am yet to go, oh, He's part of the the group of people in the secret chat or whatever. It's like, no, at least I want to explain that, like, dude, dude, what if if you just take the time to learn, right? The conversation we had today, right here on the podcast about, oh, do you play Samuel over Westbrook over this guy over over that? Like, he's like, well, how how do all the players have the same? I mean, people people are responding back to him. It's like, dude, I don't even talk to these people, and I had I had the same lineup as Adam, or I didn't talk, and I had five of the seven guys. It's like a and dude, I, I even looked at his lineup and his lineup wasn't that, I mean, I expected, I, that's how low, low respect I expected. Yeah. Worse. I mean, cousins and Robbie Anderson. Yeah. No, that yeah. wasn't in part of that, that player pool that you should have had, but I was, I was expecting. So I was, I was like, I know I was like, oh, let me find this. I don't even know what his username was until Adam posted it. 
It wasn't uh, that far. So I wanted off. to see. Yeah, I wanted. To, oh, I, I really. I'm, I'm. I was the most excited. I was like, I need to see. <laughs> I want to see this lineup. I want to see like some <laughs> fucked up thing. I want to see fucking fucking Juju Smith Schuster plus fucking <laughs> fucking Tim Patrick and and fucking you paid up for for a Jonathan Taylor. I want to see some really fucked up. And then it's like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of uh, you got you got seven guys that should be in there and like two you really like like dude as if you just went down and played like. Heineke plus Woods, like you would have been fine, right? Yep. I mean, like yep. I would have looked at that lineup and go, not my choice necessarily, right? But yep. eh, viable cash lineup. You still would have lost the head to head, but whatever. But but that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're talking about. <sighs> so Spike Week, a- NBA, NBA's back in what uh, fifteen days. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming up close. Uh, I'm actually really, really excited. Uh, the NBA stuff um, for best ball has actually been a lot of fun. I I always love uh, NBA DFS. I think it's like the heart, and we, we we'll get into that. I'm sure you know as the season gets going and all that. NBA DFS is probably the hardest. Uh, you know, maybe the thinnest edges or whatever, but it's still like one of the most fun for me. I love the strategy around it, and I lo- I like basketball so. Uh, diving into the best ball side of things it's actually been really fun because i mean nfl best ball is like definitely like unconquered but like there's at least like a lot of smart people like trying to figure out the best strategies and all that kind of stuff nba is like i mean i don't have a clue either but like i'm trying to figure it out and i feel like i'm applying some of like a lot of the things that you and i talk about uh strategy wise and stuff to nba and it's a i mean it's totally wide open for anybody to figure out you know i talked about best ball early when I hopped back on, on this show. And it's like, you want to talk about DFS like circa five or six years ago. Like that's like these other, these like niche, you know, ancillary sports, NBA is not niche, but in the best ball space, it's, it's very, very much smaller and newer. So it's been a lot of fun uh, to dive into. And so if you're interested in that or any in season NFL stuff, which is crazy, there's, I mean, it's nuts. This best ball stuff is absolutely nuts. Every week they launch new contests on DraftKings underdog has new in-season best ball contest there's playoff stuff coming so uh spikeweek.com that's my plug head on over hop in the discord and join us if you're interested in that and uh on october 18th that's when i'll figure out who's on what team right <laughs> right like that i don't even know like that's why it's like i don't like i, I i'm assuming i mean a lot of the people are still on the same teams but uh but typically when, when i open it the first two game slate that night or whatever the, the opening night, I'll open up a Rotogrinders projections and go, oh, that guy's on that team now. Okay. Russell Russell Westbrook is on the Lakers. That's the big. That's the, there's 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 your big your big one. Now you're spoiled. You're gonna learn something between between now and then. That's the big uh, that's the big doozy. The real big doozy is Ben is, Simmons uh, gonna play for anyone. Ben Simmons is uh, not looking like he's gonna be playing for anybody, and some of the guys refuse to get the old shot. And, Wiggins uh, did, some, didn't Wiggins? Just Wiggins got just got it. Yeah, Wiggins just got it. And uh, but Kyrie, uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure Kyrie is, Ty- uh, is ever going to do that. So Kyrie Irving uh, believes be the world is flat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, he is the, like that. Like if if you're not past the point that the world is round, you're probably not to the point that the vaccines are effective. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's been what I, I've been diving into who's getting vaccinated and how does that impact their schedules and all that kind of stuff. That's been exactly what I want to be spending my time doing, but shout out to Kyrie and Wiggins and all these idiots for, uh, for, for doing that. 
Okay, you can always find me at BlenderHD on Twitter and pick up the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. You can find at theoryofdfs.com.